0: This week on the Mandatory Samson Podcast, we're talking about the Paris attacks, Democratic debate coverage, and Gamergate. Believe it or not, the show starts in three, two...
1: You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Fine.
2: Very serious.
0: Well, terrific. This is the Mandatory Samson podcast. Chris Flannery, joined by Joey Noe. Hi, Joey. Hi, Chris. Hey, Evan. How you doing over there? Good. What's up? What up? What up? (laughs) Thank you, Evan, for producing the show. We really appreciate it. Welcome, everyone, to the 56th episode of the Mandatory Samson podcast. Like I mentioned, my name is Chris Flannery, and I am very excited uh, to be back with you all today. Very simple program this week. We're covering. Paris, Mm -hmm. the fallout from that whole debacle that took place over the last week or so, and we have Democratic debate coverage. Okay. Somewhere in there, we're going to fit in Joey talking about a confluence of events, Gamergate and the Paris attacks. At the same time. A ridiculous find by my girlfriend. She emailed me and she was like, can you believe this? Perfect. Then I sent it right to Joey and Joey's going to take a look at it. Uh, At the start of the show, we're going to read a couple of emails Gonna get maybe give a shout out or two, mm-hmm. but a couple. We got two good emails. One was uh, from a from a kid named Evan that uh, deals with the minimum wage. I think yeah. Yes. And then our f- good friend Danny sent an email. Hi, Danny. Yeah. Well, we could do that in a minute. We're gonna read his yeah. email and then he could. Okay. Just Calm down. All right. Uh, he gives you a compliment in it, which annoys me. But <laughs> I, I said you'll probably be excited about. It. Uh, but anyway, but he asked a couple of good questions that I think can like lead us into a bit of the conversation about um, you know Paris and mm-hmm. the fallout from that. Then also just a really quick Russian plane crash. Little update on that. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much it. That's all I got. Oh, shit. And another one. This one I added like late. I forgot about. uh, Remember when Trump hosted Saturday Night Live? Yeah, that wasn't that long ago. No, it was a couple weeks ago. And I I said like there's going to be issues with the equal time rule. Yes. Well, that's come to fruition. So we're going to get into that a little bit later. But that's not the most important thing in the world. Let me say this. We're not going to do an episode next week oh yeah because thanksgiving falls on the day that we usually record the studio is just packed for the rest of the week pretty much people trying to get episodes in we got a lot to do mm-hmm. here editing wise so it, to me we've done you know whatever 56 straight weeks now at this point we're gonna take a little break on thanksgiving so we're gonna do yeah and then we'll be back uh the week after so i'm just giving you guys a little heads up when you don't see an episode come out next week that's the case i'm sorry and I, I'm sure we'll never do it again because I'll, I'll feel bad not covering a bunch of stuff.
1: Well, we'll see how the fans' reaction is.
0: Listen, the Samsonites are going to react. They're going to be upset, I feel like, that there's mm-hmm. no episode. But they're going to go, we like these guys. We respect it. And they'll understand. And they're going to enjoy their Thanksgivings or you know, whatever they want to celebrate. And it's going to be fine. Uh, I want to thank everybody for all the snaps, Snapchat, mansamp on Snapchat. Joey, you're on Snapchat? Yes, I am.
1: What's your username? Joey from Jersey.
0: I want to thank everybody for sending me the snaps of them watching the podcast. Oh, that's cool. Or like listening to the podcast. Yeah, it's very exciting. I really enjoy that. Or just whatever snaps you send me. I, I'm enjoying the uh, the repartee with the uh, you know with the listeners. It's very fun. Um, l- listen to this. You're going to be excited about this before we get into anything. Oh, and then I also wanted to bring up something about this like ISIS uh, video. Uh huh. You know, like they put out a threat. Yeah, to, I haven't to seen to it. New York. I'll be honest, I didn't really watch it either because I don't, it doesn't worry me. But little Joe Harari, who couldn't be here today, he just texted me. He's like, that ISIS video is really scary. And he's like, I don't think so. And he's like, what are you talking about? It's like a Tom Clancy nightmare. We'll, we'll talk about oh, that in a second. God. Next week, Joey, next uh-huh. episode that we record, I found some sex stuff for you to read. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm not going to say too much about it, but it's... Okay. Uh, it's good. It's enough that we could probably do it like one a week for like twelve weeks. <laughs>
1: Ooh, that they're may? not.
0: Super, yeah, it's not super long, but it's they're good. They're okay. they're good clips. I think, and it should be fun. Nice. Let me say this about the ISIS video because to Joe's point, he said he's you know it's scary. The mm-hmm. ISIS video. I understand why that's the point. They're trying to scare you. Here's why it doesn't bother me. First of all, I, I just don't believe them anyway. That they're going to be able to come to New York and like pull some kind of attack off. I just don't believe it. And even if they did, the odds of you being involved in that attack are so slim, slim. That you might as well go play the lottery while holding an umbrella in a, in a lightning storm. But on top of that... Here's the thing. I do video editing, so when they put out a video, yeah, ooh, the finished product looks scary. They got their music or whatever they're doing, but I just picture some dummy in a cave eating, you know, Cheetos on Adobe Premiere editing it. It's like it's not that scary. Where he's like, "Come over here, uh, look at what I got." Stereotypical. I was gonna say some kind of Muslim name, but I'm not going to. Come over here. Look. Do you think I should cut out this part about the infinite? You know, it's not scary to me, and that's part of it
1: it should be scary to you the malice Why? behind Why should I it be scared the malice behind it the fact that they're going out of the way yeah they're going out of the way because what else do they have feeling. to do
0: they're, they're pumping gas out of the uh the, we read their their budget what they're yes. up to they're pretty much just stealing jewelry from refugees and and filming videos that's what they do mm-hmm. and then occasionally yes they they will cut somebody's head off or, you know, blow up a city, but whatever. But you get my point. Yes. I'm not trying to make light of the Paris thing. I'm just saying the videos themselves don't really scare me because I can see behind the camera, if you will. Yes. Of course, they were able to pull something. See, now here's the other thing. We're getting into it before I wanted to get into it, but they were able, I'm saying they, they mm-hmm. were able to pull off an attack in Paris. Eight or nine people, we're still trying to figure that out, were able to pull off an attack in Paris. Yes. Does that mean that ISIS... The group ISIS, whatever that is comprised of, the 25,000 or so soldiers and blah, blah, blah. Did they really pull this off? Or was it a group of eight, like pretty motivated people pulling something off together? I'm saying it's the group of eight. Right, because ISIS isn't a real group. Like they're a group, but they're not a real group. It's not Um, – they're not like a government in the purest sense. They're not a real organization. There's a handful of leadership there, and I think that they're very good with the propaganda videos of getting people to think like them. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't necessarily mean that the eight people really had anything to do with ISIS writ large. The other thing is a lot of them came from Belgium, and they were from France, and they were from different places. They weren't actually from the Middle East. Yes, they were Muslim, and yes, they had traveled in some cases there, and we're going to get into that stuff later. The fact that they were
1: flagged upset me.
0: Well, we're gonna get into yes. that. See, this is what you do every week. You, no, you, I'm you working on it. Early, we're, that's, all right. That's a little tease, as we call it. Uh, but anyway, you understand my point, though. It's yes. like to be because a lot of the fallout again is we have to go eradicate ISIS and do this stuff. Good luck, because where where who's ISIS? You know mm-hmm. what I mean. Where are There's they? a certain yeah. Some of them you can figure it out. Other other ones are even though it was a group of eight or nine. That, to me, seems like a lone wolf type situation where you get this group that's committed to do it because on the news, they kept referring to it as highly coordinated. To me, it's not that hard to coordinate eight people to go do something if you're really committed to doing that. And later, I think I had it in my notes, but I maybe don't have it you know, actually written down, but something that I read from The Intercept because people were trying to blame Edward Snowden. Of course, they always try to blame Snowden when stuff like this happens. That's interesting. Where it's like they learned techniques the mastermind, I can't think of the guy's name, Abu, ah, Abu or something. Mm-hmm. He was using cell phones, unencrypted sending messages. They actually have a text from him that says, all right, we're starting now. Let's go.
1: Uh, that's unbelievable.
0: Well, it's not unbelievable. Because it's unencrypted and all that unencrypted. Yes, yeah. because they don't have that level of sophistication, which to your point, yes, some of these people are being tracked. They should have been able to stop, potentially stop it. Mm-hmm. Right. Or they, these people were kind of known to them. But my point is, how hard is it to send a text? If me and you were going to do something, like whatever, not a terrorist attack, but we were going, we we're going to go sprinkle flowers on everybody's doorstep and we don't want anybody to know, I could coordinate with, the, with you without having any encryption. I could just go, Joey, start at nine. Mm-hmm. Go. That's what they did, essentially. You know what I mean? So let's stop. We're going to get into it. Yes. But I, I think I challenge the idea that ISIS is this overbearing super group, super group, perfect, masterful planning, you know. There's eight
1: lone wolf individuals who work together.
0: Keep it in check. Exactly. It's not to me. And that's what should scare you more than, oh, ISIS is coming to get us. That so few people
1: can cause so
3: yeah, much mass.
0: exactly. It should, it should worry you that disenfranchised or radicalized or whatever you want to call it, people that, that don't feel like part of society or have an agenda can get together and do something to that scale. I don't think it takes that much planning to, to build a, a, a bomb. How hard is that to get a gun? It seems like the hardest thing was to get the guns. Mm -hmm. That's it. So anyway, I whatever. I just went on a little rant there at the Mm -hmm. beginning, but uh, I think it's worth putting that out there because you you just see the cover. You know, of course, I was watching coverage Friday night as it happened, when it hit, and I was watching with my girlfriend, and I was saying fine right now is fine most of what's coming out initial reports usually wrong yes they have they are going to be on tv for 24 48 hours straight now because this is a an event Mm -hmm. so it becomes a breaking news event so they have to fill 48 hours worth of shit and they're going to fill it with a lot of stuff that's not true and they're going to speculate and they're going to either repeat themselves don't get caught up in the entertainment value of it of a news event Get caught up in what is actually true. Don't listen to everybody that comes on TV. you got to vet this information. That's what what becomes important because the media does the job of terrorism for the terrorists. That's what they're banking on. When they put out a video, why do they put the video out? Because it's going to get played. It's going to be on websites. They're going to put it on TV and everybody's going to see it. If you don't let what they're saying, their narrative dominate, then you can sort of filter through and understand like, yeah, they're just guys also. They have a radical point of view. They are intent on doing some kind of damage, but they're people. Mm-hmm. Somebody had to sit down and edit that video. You know what I mean? Somebody yeah. had to film it. Oh, you know what, Gary, the light's too hot on uh, Abdul. You know what I mean? It's yes. like that type of stuff went into it also, and we don't like to look at it like that. But they are also people. All right. So anyway, so that's mm-hmm. the end. And I'm not saying like they're people. Like let's they're human. Let's love them. No, that's no, not, not at, at all. I mean. But you you understand what I'm saying? Yes. All right. Russian plane crash update. Oh, no, I have these emails. Let let me just say this about the Russian plane crash. Russia came out. Uh, The head of Russia's security service, Alexander Bortnikov, said the crash was, quote, unequivocally a terrorist act and that traces of explosives in the wreckage showed an improvised bomb caused the crash. So interesting because it's a very interesting week for ISIS if this had something to do with ISIS. This also could have been Syrian rebels that aren't ISIS Mm -hmm. because Russia's trying to prop up Assad like we've talked about a number of times. I'm just speculating there. But interesting because they, if it was in fact ISIS or ISIS minded, let's use that phrase, ISIS ISIS minded minded. individuals, right? They had something to do with this, I would, you know, possibly. So could have been a big week for ISIS in terms of being able to create some havoc. Um, Let's read these emails. You want to hear some stuff here, Joey? Yeah. All right. Because I got into it just now heavier than I probably wanted to because I have a good rundown of Paris and then I have a great great i'm just patting myself on the back i i have a terrific rundown of the democratic debate it was wonderful nice. uh no but i've you know i have my notes like we knew mm-hmm. we'll normally do but we'll get to that at the end so there's an email we got from uh a kid named evan he says hi my name is evan and i've been a big fan of the show ever since i came from the tfm podcast the tfm podcast with Train. check it out every tuesday comes out of stand up new york Labs. uh thank you man i appreciate you checking out this podcast from that podcast just wanted to get your opinion on the minimum wage increase debates i would think that if the wage was increased that it would drive prices up of everything else in that industry making the more uh making the more making the move ineffective i'm still in high school so i don't have a good understanding of whether or not that would happen and i like that he pointed that out because you are in high school you don't know what the fuck you're talking about uh would love to hear your thoughts on it and i also love the longer debate coverage podcast keep it up evan Thank, Thank you, you sir. I really appreciate the email, Joey. Would you like to uh, any thoughts about this minimum wage thing? How it would uh, actually? Yes, I huh. also
1: don't believe that minimum wage itself is enough. A good uh, example okay. of this was the economic stabilization. Stabilization. Help me. <laughs> you know, Sorry,
0: I was drinking my mandarin flavored polar seltzer. Polar seltzer. Go get some uh,
1: economic stimulation. Stabilization. To stabilize, stabilization Mission Act of 1970. Fair enough. By wow. President Richard Nixon. What
0: is going on with you lately? This is
1: unbelievable. You do extra research. So, what is happening? So it, it it was United States law that authorized the president to stabilize pres- prices, rents, wages, salaries, interest rates, and dividends. Okay, and s- similar transfers did not work exactly the way it tended to. However, history has shown. That we should take a look and back to policies that several presidents have used to see how we could fix the current living situation. Right. So, g- with, this, oh, with this act, g- there was Jesus, two long-winded. huge <laughs> research. Yes. Two huge things that came out of it. First one was uh, it provided low income with subsidized rent for affordable housing in privately owned buildings. Right. This act was a predecessor uh, to the Section 8 rental predecessor, subsidies. Predecessor, yeah. Yes. Also, the other thing that it did was it helped find jobs for minorities, which was a prelude to the Equal Opportunity e- Employment Act. Sure. Okay. Can I – let me say <sighs> – Because the act didn't work. There was another thing that they added was a cost of living Council. Right. Now, this sounds fantastic. Who do you think was in charge of the cost of living counsel? Ronald Reagan. No. Donald oh. Rumsfeld.
0: Oh, boo, that's a position that they just give that son of a bitch so they can just get him in the door. And then meanwhile, why is that the what is it called? The cost what? of living council? Yeah, the cost of living council. Yeah. While he's there, he's just figuring out how to
1: bomb Iraq. I don't think that's exactly what happened. I but. guarantee you that's what he was doing. But yeah. That son of a bit. Rum, Donald Rumsfeld. Donald was, Rumsfeld. What a. That's going wh- back to 1970. Yes, yeah, that's what I mean. These, these barnacles have just been on the, the ship of government for decades. No, I, I would find it interesting then in all the news and press conferences that we've seen of Donald Rumsfeld, why there hasn't anyone ever asked him about his time on the Cost of Living Council.
0: Well, they probably asked him in the 70s or whatever when he was doing it, but now, you know, who cares? Because he's ruined the, half the, pl- the planet. That's why <laughs> there's more pressing questions there's no knowns if you want to watch just an upsetting guy go watch donald rumsfeld press conferences where he is an expert mm-hmm. at never saying anything he says everything and nothing at the same time can i can it, do you mind if i jump in on this yeah Sherry? go ahead. monopolizing the podcast uh no that was great i'm really glad you did that research it's sort of you went you went about it you gave like specific examples i was going to say Put, it's a it's a fair point I think Evan brings up because if you raise the minimum wage yeah then jobs can either fire someone mm-hmm. which is Ben Carson brought that up that is a possibility yes. um, and then also right if people are getting more money prices could go up uh, you know in whatever market you're dealing with I think it has to be coupled a minimum wage increase needs to be coupled with other protections like you're talking about where you could have. Again, healthcare for all—that's obviously mm-hmm. a grandiose one—but things like that, where there's another k- kind of services where people, maybe you don't have to pay them fifteen dollars an hour, but if you're paying them twelve dollars an hour, they don't have to worry about their healthcare costs. They don't have to worry about XYZ, you know, yes. whatever. I'm not going to throw a bunch of stuff out, but I think there could be other things to offset that uh, minimum wage increase—not a huge one, a little, a smaller one—which I think Hillary Clinton's for a twelve-dollar increase or something like that. But if you couple that with other kind of social programs and different things like this you know then then it can work out but I, that's the problem without regulating business and and mandating that they have to cover people or they have to pay them a living wage or or offset it with some kind of credit that they could use mm-hmm. that becomes the problem and i think that's a reasonable question yes however like we've always said if people aren't going to have a living wage you know what, what's the what's even the point of them having that job to begin with if they're going to work full time at there a minimum no wage time, price yeah. right what what are they supposed to do so that's you know that's part of it um we'll get into it more I guess I think there might be some during the debate I don't know if we answered that question hundred uh, percent but I think you did a nice job with that Joey thank you uh, so Evan I hope that you know gave you some idea but I think you know everything needs to be coupled with the idea of if you're going to work full time you should be able to live off that yes you know so however we're going to make that work that has to be the the solution. All right. We also got an email from our great friend, Danny, who we've known since we were uh, wee children. Yeah. Uh, He says, Chris and Joey, it's been a while since I wrote to you guys regarding the podcast. Never got a chance to officially congratulate you on passing the 50th episode milestone. Thank you. We appreciate Mm -hmm. it. The show has really matured and developed over the last 55 episodes and really enjoyed watching and listening to your progression. I finally caught up, as you may assume, I'm a binge watch listener – Fall behind, but get to see your guys' perspective uh, after certain events unfold in the media, right? Which is interesting. I prefer. Listen, I prefer that you you stay on top of it every week. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll accept that you don't. No, but he's catching Uh, up. Yeah, but I appreciate you catch up. But that is an interesting thing because if you fall behind a couple of weeks or you know even a month. You can, you can kind of see how it's played out, and you can yes. see maybe if we were right about that, uh, we probably were, because we know exactly what we're talking about. As I've said before, and this is the part that kind of, I don't know, I'm not crazy about this part. I think you're going to like it. Mm-hmm. He says, as I've said before, I'm a true Samsonite, but I've been leaning specifically towards being a nobody. Oh, yeah. Primarily because of Joey's escalating participation with credible sources and supported opinions he has provided in recent, recent episodes. Way to go, Joe, he says. Thank you. <laughs> and you proved it just now with that you you nailed that minimum wage question you had a yes. lot of uh, extra all right so that's nice danny gave you a little compliment there aside from catching up i figured uh with your episode coming up you'll be evaluating like every news source the recent attacks in paris raids in belgium and refugee situation affecting the u.s correct it says a couple of things i'm interested in knowing your position on refugee acceptance into the u.s I'm not going to answer that right now. We are going to get into it. Okay. That. So I have some quotes about it and some of the fallout there. So we'll, we'll get into the refugee thing, certainly. He says, I also read that information uh, surfaced that individuals on the terror watch list, quote, legally purchase and acquired weapons within the United States. With background checks in place, how would an individual be able to do that? And should uh, we profile these individuals more harshly in blocking their ability to purchase weapons, even if it's through legal means? It's a great question. And this is something that we've talked about with the mass shooting mm-hmm. argument yeah, a lot of times the guns are purchased legally. So even if you're going to have kind of catch-alls in place to try to stop most people that you wouldn't want getting a gun, getting a gun.
1: They're not working.
0: It's not working, and there may be no way to actually do that. The solution is less guns, and people don't like that answer, but that is really the solution. If you just weren't able to go purchase these types of weapons, if it was much more difficult to get your hands on, the types of weapons they used. I think they were using AK-47s and things like that. If it was harder to get it, um, you know, if they just weren't in existence, if they weren't around, they wouldn't be able to get their hands on them. I don't mm. know what you do because they probably would... Although the thing is like you brought up... The background make, checks Yeah. Uh, a deeper A deeper background check might have revealed that they were on some kind of watch list to begin with. But they would just send somebody that wasn't. You know, that there, there are ways around
1: it. Yes.
0: And I don't know. I don't know what you do, honestly. Aside from have less of these high-caliber, you know, high caliber, dangerous weapons, weapons around. Yeah, I mean, that really might be the only answer. Uh, he goes, finally, with the quagmire that exists currently in the Middle East, our candidates running for president will have a lot to discuss beyond the normal topics during both Democratic and Republican debates, which does come to play in this uh, Democratic debate. The first half hour was about ISIS and mm-hmm. fighting terror and stuff. This recent power attack, Paris attack will... Definitely be polarizing for individuals, even on the same side of the aisle, and could be a defining issue that voters look at to make their decisions. Very insightful. Great point. I think that's true. And I think this, like, I don't know if we mentioned it last week for some reason. I don't even know why it would come up, but this is going to hurt Trump and Carson and the people that are sort of political outsiders, which is because what people like about it. They have no, experience, they they have no experience. And when you hear them talk about it, oh, yeah, we talked about it with the debate. Mm-hmm. That hurts. And yeah, I think that's a fair point. People like Bush who seem more credible, you might not love Bush the most because he's not that interesting Mm -hmm. a guy, but he seems like he might be able
1: to handle stuff better than Trump and Carson. Um, Do you know who would actually be the most qualified to handle that on the Republican side?
0: Well, Danny says, my question is who out of the candidates currently running for president of the United States are the only candidates you think can handle a situation that has escalated in a way that will now be threatening our homeland and the homeland of our allies. Keep up the great work, guys. Danny, Danny, we love you. Thank you, buddy, for uh, listening and always supporting the show.
1: Go ahead, Joey. Who do you okay. think would be good? On the, the Republican side.
0: Yeah. And give me the Democratic side, too.
1: Well, I think the Democratic side, it's quite obvious. Who? It would be Hillary Martin Clinton. O'Malley. Oh, Hillary Clinton, yeah. Yeah, with I think, Secretary I think th- of State. I think all
0: three of them. Well, absolutely being Secretary of State. I think I think Sanders can handle it. I think probably O'Malley can handle it, too. Although I don't really know much about O'Malley. i mm. so, you know. Go ahead.
1: But on the Republican side, I would have to argue the only one with any possible experience would be Rand Paul because he's part of the United States Senate Committee on Foreign Relations. That in and itself expresses volumes.
0: Uh, absolutely, I, the, the pro- I agree with you. I think Rand Paul will probably be fine. The problem with him is he's, you know, sort of in isolation. Not. Completely in isolationist, but he doesn't really want us to get involved in Syria or do anything like that. He does, I believe, say that we should go after countries if they, you know, or specific threats that attack us.
1: Which I believe Paris would fall into that scope.
0: They didn't attack us; they attacked Paris. Well, he, I don't think he'd be for. I'm guessing I don't think Rand Paul before getting involved more heavily with Paris to, you know, attack Syria or go into Iraq. Intelligence-wise and experience-wise, I think he'd know what was going on. Uh, also, I guess I would say Bush, like I mentioned, mm-hmm. Rubio, I guess I would try again because it's not completely they're the ones making the decision. It's who's going to be able to accept information and try to make a, a and reasonable, the staffing
1: in the yeah. cabinet and all that.
0: I think Hillary would would make mistakes. I think she would be into going in, getting involved again, invading countries and doing stuff like that. that's a, uh, so to too me, a, that's a problem absolutely and I, I, we have quotes from the Republicans later where they're too gung-ho, of course. Um, other than that I don't know maybe Kasich I guess Cruz I shudder to think what he would have to say about any of this I mean obviously we know what he's going to say about it but what he would actually do in a position of power I don't know mm-hmm. there's there's a it's very few people that you really trust in situations like that That's that that becomes the issue so I don't know anyway Danny thank you very much for your email we appreciate it um, I think that'll help us get into a little bit of a discussion later about the refugees and things like yes. that so we really appreciate it I did the Russian plane crash update. Do you want to do this crazy confluence of GamerGate and the uh, the attack, and then we'll get into like the full run yeah, of the stacks? Right. All right, so go for it, Joey.
1: All right, so there was a user in the GamerGate community, or maybe a non-GamerGate community. His name is Black Tick. Okay, Black Dick. Tick T O R I C. Tick. Right. Okay, he posted a doctored photo of journalist the Joba. Do you have any idea how to pronounce his name? It's I don't know. Just don't worry about it. Just some guy. Well, it's Use not just initials. some guy. Okay, TG. What is it? <laughs> It'd be VJ in VJ. this case. Oh, perfect. That's a okay. that's a
0: cute nickname. Yeah. Go okay. Ahead.
1: So VJ, one day in August, took a picture of himself in front of the mirror with his iPad. He happens to be part. Uh, he is of the Shakir religious faith, which is part Indian. Okay. And so what he pa- is it? I believe it's part Indian. No, 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 no. Spell it. Or I-K-H. S-I-K-H. Sikh. Sikh. Religious faith. Yeah. Okay. Very peaceful people. Yes. So he posted that- That was like
0: that that terror attack, I guess it was in, uh, not terror attack, it was in Texas or something where some psycho Americans killed a bunch of Sikhs. Because they thought they were Muslim. Not that that's cool either, but
1: it's like Sikhs are extremely peaceful. They're yes, not and, a it's, and the two have nothing to do with each no, other. they are in, not, no. in no. regions, actually. Right, exactly.
0: Right. They're not even from the same place. Yeah.
1: So VJ posted a picture of himself in front of uh, the mirror using an iPad and having a uh, having the religious uh the turban. Yeah. The turban. But what was he di- why was he doing this? He was just taking a picture? Yeah, he was just taking a picture of just himself. Just took a selfie. Okay. A Sikh selfie. So Black Tick happens to have a conversation with another Gamergate Community person, uh-huh. and they came up that they should doctor the photo him holding the Quran and give him a bombing vest. Oh, well, that's not good. It's not good. So, this is bad in August. Can I say, can I ask
0: you this question? Yes. So, he's what, against the. I'm assuming that he's against the gamers, right? He's for the women in gaming and. Yes, in some way
1: he's expressed that and they know yeah, yeah. that VJ technically is a social justice warrior he's uh, okay. Okay. right that's, know, that's, so that's how I figured he's a Gamergate cr- critic and he's in support right. of feminism and all that as right. so he should so he's against be. Gamergate yes okay okay. so he became a target when Stop Gamergate 2014 came around oh okay alright oh, so so ever since yeah. then a few people have been trying to milit- you know destroy his reputation well they found I'll tell you this I'm not proud of them for doing that mm-hmm. But they found the right way to do it. Yeah, they did.
0: I mean, if you really want to fuck with somebody, that's, that is probably a good way to do
1: so it. So the best way of screwing with somebody is on the night of the Paris attacks, Friday, he took the doctored photo back from August, had reposted it with this caption one of the power suicide bomber's photos been released he posted the photo on twitter shortly before the attack
0: oh my god that is so dangerous i mean that is <laughs> that's horrible that they did that i'm laughing cuz it's just it's like when you laugh at the void you know uh-huh. uh
1: that's not good and it also you could get a guy killed like that yes. really easily so vj's image went super viral yeah so it made the rounds on twitter and then even a spanish newspaper La uh uh-huh. took the image and ran with it. Uh on, yeah. on the that television. happened with the Boston
0: bombing too. They yes. a
1: couple of days before
0: they actually found the sernayev brothers, they put out a, an image of two guys that were not the
1: bombers. Yes. So, dangerous. Got to be fucking careful. So, as this was going, uh VJ uh posted a few times on Twitter defending himself and this was one of them. Let us start with the basics. Never been to Paris. That's not what you start with. If I'm just going to give him a little advice, you start with "I'm not a terrorist." Yes,
0: and I've never been to Paris. Amish That dude. I was not holding the Quran
1: with a turban. I'm Sikh. There was a lot of ways to could start that tweet better, but yeah, I'm right. a Sikh dude with a turban. Oh, is, in that what, is that what he said? Yes. Oh, oh and he's Canadian too, so he's yes. not even a problem. He's not a problem. He's a nice person. Now, how this even gets even more gamergate infused? Brianna Rue retreats oh, him. Can you believe this? Yes. This is never ending. This this game or never No, it will I feel like end. I will
0: go to my grave, and the last thing I'll hear, like when I'm on my deathbed, it'll be something about uh, Anna Sarkan or whatever the fuck her name is.
1: Yes, good. Uh, and I still uh, won't know.
0: I won't understand. Turns out, I said, that. "Lord,
1: <laughs> please." <laughs> <laughs> tell me what it's about
0: <laughs> and then I'm done.
1: so uh, what VJ actually says is that millions upon millions of people have seen the picture of him and may falsely associate him with the Islamic group yeah this is is so, there's still there's still gonna be a lot of people that are gonna think that even though it's clear he's not and just in the comic book world f- comic book world uh, he's also been dubbed a social justice hero and is known as uh, he was been drawn as the blue lantern.
0: Really? Yes. Oh, so this guy's like a, a prom, somewhat prominent figure.
1: Yes. He he has got like twelve thousand Twitter followers or whatever it may. Better be. Better than I got. Yes. Um. Good for him. Well,
0: okay. So I I hope that works out for him. And well, if, what is happening to the fucking dipshits that that doctored the photo?
1: Well, as of now, they're trying to go after them, but yeah, they. Tw- they deleted their Twitter accounts. Oh, okay. That's so right now we're just, I guess the authorities, the FBI and whomever else is going to get involved, which they should.
0: What kind of punishment do you think they should have? Evan, are you paying attention to this? You got any thoughts on this? Sorry, just an important email, but I'm listening. <laughs> Who's getting an important email? For- if it's not a quote from, from uh, VJ or whatever, it can't be that important. No, I'm just fucking my with you. I'm mom. Sorry. My mom. I'm sorry. Oh, all right. I, ma- st- I step like, off. He's lying, but whatever. God, Joey, What? What? Do you, what kind of punishment do you think you should get for doctoring? Like, I mean, this exact circumstance.
2: What? Yes. What should be the punishment?
1: I don't if even. There should be. One. I don't even know what punishment should be. It, it would have to be something harsh. I guess they they can't use social media ever again. Oh, I like getting creative. Just kick them off
0: of uh, social media no, completely. No, no, no,
1: no. Banned for life. So no Twitter, no Facebook, no MySpace, nothing. I. I wasn't going to go that hard on them, but... What are you talking... They took an innocent man and made him uh, a terrorist overnight. I was going to agree... I was going to say, I wasn't going to go that harsh, but
0: I like your out-of-the-box thinking. Yeah, ban them from the internet. That's great. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Jail time. It's like a fine. Because what are you going to do? The damage is already done once you put that out there.
1: They delete the picture now. Yeah, because no matter what he does, if you Google his name into... You know, you go, I'm sorry, if you Google his name, that picture is going to come up, the doctored photo. Oh, absolutely. Of course, it's a big problem because some it's reposted all over the place. That's
0: all the, over the, the place. virality of the Internet. That's the problem. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm i joking, obviously, about them being like suspended from the Internet. I don't like the idea that that could even be a punishment because then they could just do that. To, you know, it's a slippery slope, but whatever. Yeah. It's a hard. That's a hard thing. And that's the problem with this. It, for lack of a better phrase, Internet terrorism, right? Th- mm-hmm. this, this type of stuff. Um, all right. Very good. That's interesting. I can't believe that it, that happened. That, that, we that get somehow
1: Gamergate gets involved
0: with the parasitized? Yeah. Gamergate, I, I think, is the overarching story of our lives, Joey. <laughs> uh, all right. Very good. So Let's get into this Paris stuff. Um, again, I, I have a little bit of a, a recap of it. Some quotes, some fallout. We can talk about, you know, kind of different offshoots of it. And then we'll, uh, you know, we'll get into the Democratic debate stuff. Because I, I don't want it to be whatever. Yes. I always say it every way It's going to be a long episode, so... Enjoy. Uh it all started last Friday when it essentially became clear that a US drone strike in Raqqa, Syria, had killed Mohammed Mwazi, also known as Jihadi John. Now we've talked about jihadi John in the show. I think everybody knows who it is. He's the guy that the masked British fucker that was cutting people's heads off in the ISIS videos. Mm-hmm. He's dead, apparently. Uh ISIS has said he's dead. He got killed in a drone strike. Good riddance. That seemed to be something that I, I was questioning when I heard it. I was like, "Oh, that's that's great that we were able to kill this guy." Um, could it be a spark? Then you know, Friday night I was thinking, "Shit, did they react to this guy getting killed?" And maybe that I this is like kind of highlight. a retaliation. Well, that right. And the reason why I doubt it is because that would rec- that would require a level of coordination that I don't think they have a capability. Like they were probably planning this paris thing for quite a while you would have to yeah and i think it was just coincidence that this this happened to happen the other aspect would be maybe it was retaliation but the united states is lying when they killed him (laughs) that's the other aspect where like maybe we killed him a couple of months ago they knew we didn't and so they were able to plan it but it doesn't really matter i'm just saying that was my mindset but i but i also i doubt it you're right Mm -hmm. it's too that's too too timely and too much coordination i think it was just a coincidence but anyway good riddance to uh jihadi john I, I have a really good quote and this sounds like something that i would say you, t- you tell me okay this is steve warren a pentagon spokesman he says this is significant of course because jihadi john was somewhat of an ISIL celebrity a kind of a face of the organization in many senses so there's a significant blow to their prestige this guy was a human animal killing him is probably making the world a better place yes yeah, well, I mean, those words seem true, and it seems like an exciting thing, but then, then you realize, well, there's a bunch of jihadi johns right behind him ready to... Yeah, you know, there's always the going to be another one. But I like that he used the phrase human animal. That, that feels like something I would say. Yes. Um, then Friday night, of course, we start to get news out of Paris of a series of apparently connected terrorist attacks across the city, killing and injuring hundreds of people. I think it's like a hundred and... want to say 30 something dead 400 injured 100 critically injured still so terrible i have some quotes here francois Hollande, the president of france denounced the attacks as quote an act of war that must be countered quote mercilessly that that was his direct quote on friday isis came out this is some interesting stuff isis says Oh, this isn't exactly the the interesting quote that I had, but this, it's worth hearing what they had to say. France, this is ISIS, France and those who follow her voice must know that they remain the main target of Islamic State and that they will continue to smell the odor of death for having led the crusade, for having dared to insult our prophet, for having boasted of fighting Islam in France and striking Muslims in the caliphate with their plans. It's interesting that they say that France is the main target of the Islamic State, not the United States, not England, you know, whatever. It's France. Part of the reason is I think they know that they can get at France. Yes. It's easier to get to France than it is to get to the United States in terms of strategic planning and all this stuff. Interesting. They continue, as long as you keep bombing, you will not live in peace. You will even fear traveling to the market. Indeed, you, and he's talking to his fellow jihadis, have been ordered to fight the infidel wherever you find him. What are you waiting for? There are weapons and cars available and targets ready to be hit.
1: Well, also, the other thing that you have to keep in mind, too, is ISIS's main agenda too is to if you say
0: if you give up something that I already had quoted later I'm gonna kill you
1: well then I just dude you want me to sit here in silence go ahead. And, no, go ahead. no I was just gonna say their whole objective is to kind of create a, like a world where it's a Western <laughs> philosophy <laughs> you're doing it yeah against the Muslims okay well all because right. France all right, all
0: right. no 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 I have a quote about it and then you can talk okay. about it later okay you did it already um, it's fine let me see Okay, so I had the Francois Hollande quotes. Perfect. Francois Hollande has called for, and this is what's interesting, because now, mm-hmm. again, things like this unfortunately happen. Whether there could have been something done to stop it or prevent it or whatever, that stuff can be debated. But once it happens, it happens. Mm-hmm. What we control is the reaction to it. And we, I mean, modern society, the people that yes. are in that's the That's what we control. Now, this is some of the reaction to it from... Francois Hollande, he has called for an extended three-month period of state of emergency in Paris, which means that you can put people who uh, seem dangerous to the public on house arrest. Mm -hmm. You can enter places without judicial oversight. You can just walk in essentially without a warrant. It's not the same system as here, but similar idea. So it pretty much grants the state and the police force powers that they wouldn't normally have yes he's extended that for three months so that's a long period of time where they're just gonna be able to enter you know buildings and do what they want maybe it's warranted maybe it's not that's what they're choosing to do he's also calling for modifications of france's modifications to france's constitution to be more suitable for modern crises which would include expanded state of emergency powers Mm Mm-hmm. We know that we got the Patriot Act after 9-11. We got a lot of these domestic spying programs put in place, things like that. It's a fine line between security and breaching, fr- you know, uh, limiting of freedom. Mm-hmm. How much, you know, it's, it's find, finding that balance. And I, I think it's critical in times like this that you, that that conversation is being had. What, what are we willing to accept as far as, you know, infringing on our, our rights and, you know, right to privacy and all that stuff? while also being able to keep us safe. Because can you even stop things like this? Will expanding police power and the right of the state to enter homes, is that will that really
1: stop this? I don't think it's going to stop it. However, I think it's going to have a huge impact on the way that they collect information and get the individuals responsible for it. Maybe three months is too much of a time period. Maybe it should have been more of a month.
0: Yeah, or maybe maybe people just accept that. That's the other aspect of it. I think in the short term, I think they're going to be like, yeah, that's fine. That's something that, that is reasonable. I'm not doing anything. That's always the argument. Mm-hmm. But then what happens once you catch the terrorist and there's not something going on a year from now, two years from now? You know that, that becomes the slippery slope, and that's really what you have to be careful of. I think in the immediate, I think it's going to be something that... France is certainly going to accept because we certainly accepted it.
1: Here. Or in this case, it's actually a good move considering some of these individuals have already been flagged. So if you have some people who who are being who have flagged or currently are flagging, and you have powers to re- remove them from any situation, that should be done. Yeah,
0: but you always have, But that's the thing: you always have power to remove them if they're already flagged. You can get a judge to be like, "We need to break go into this apartment." They'd say, "Okay." <laughs> Like, that's the okay. thing, you know, if you already have, yes, it's a point you're bringing up, I appreciate it, but I think if you already are, they're known to an extent, then you don't need to just randomly go into places and have, we don't have
1: time, like, no, you do have time, you can just get a judge and say, yeah, it's gonna be fine. Well, I, w- I would just like to know how, how we have three individuals they know have been flying to Syria, come back into France, and everything's A-OK, and nobody yeah. asks any questions, uh, and then they can go buy guns. Yeah, it's a
0: great question, we're gonna get into it, you're right, that's a great question. Hollande, this, I'm just going to wrap up with Hollande, he says, also called on a, quote, grand coalition to defeat ISIS. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. French police fired 5,000 bullets yesterday in uh, Saint-Denis over seven hours while looking for two fugitives and arresting eight others. So there's still...
1: a lot of on bullets.
0: The, uh, yeah. It's a hail of bullets, I believe that would be referred to as. they. So anyway, so there's still people at large that they're looking for, and, and it's an active situation in France, which, again, is... a reasonable way i think to justify the state of emergency um let's see what else i got here so now again i i i went probably deeper than i need to go with this but i think it's good to just wrap you know get a get a good wrap on this because this is the most dead in france since world war ii it's a huge event in europe first since 2004 i think of the madrid bombings like it's a significant thing and it's probably the sig- most significant attack on a modern city yes. because this type of stuff happens all the time in the middle east and different places that are in a lot of turmoil but in a modern city that we think of you know france mm-hmm. it's the cutting edge all that stuff it's one of the biggest attacks since 9 11 and i and it's going to influence everything going forward. yes you
1: it, know? it's a defining moment and much policy yeah. will come of this
0: absolutely at the G20, US President Barack Obama sat down with Russian President Vladimir Putin, reaching consensus on the need for a uh, for quote a Syrian-led and Syrian-owned political transition. Yes, okay. Makes sense. What's interesting about that is we were talking I guess a couple of weeks ago about the idea of regime change where Obama didn't want to put, you know, boots on the ground to force Assad out. Mm-hmm. We know that Russia is allied with assad in syria and we also know that they're in the midst of a civil war which is causing giving isis inroads into syria and there's isis there there's rebels against assad assad is attacking some people the syrian refugee crisis is sparked because of this And there's a lot going on there it seems to me that the solution that they're going to come to is assad should stay in power you know that's, the, that's a devil's bargain, choosing between you know, these rebels and Assad, who's, who's terrible and has gassed his people and all this stuff. But it draws to mind, to me, the, the, the um, Saddam Hussein situation in mm-hmm. Iraq. Yeah, Saddam Hussein is not a nice guy. He's not somebody that we're going to work with. He's not good to his own people. However, things are way more stable in Iraq under Saddam than they were post-Saddam. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, the calculation that they're, they're starting to understand in Syria, and I think it's something that we've brought up a number of times on the show. There is no great answer. There is an answer, though, where it goes, well, would we rather have stability or no Assad, who's a terrible person, which would also be good to not have him there, but then just absolute and utter chaos with a power vacuum between the rebels and ISIS and all this stuff. That's the, that's the calculation they're trying to make. I have a quote from Barack Obama about U.S. ground troops in Syria. Quote, this is one before I get to the quote, mm-hmm. this is one of my favorite things that he's ever said. Okay. And it's the difference between being president and being president for eight years almost at this point, and being a campaigner and a politician that doesn't have to make any real decisions. Obama lays it out clearly. Okay. And it's strong. This is a this is great. He goes, quote, if folks want to if folks want to pop off... I'm not going to do it. If folks want to pop off and have opinions about what they want to do, present a specific plan. What I am not interested in doing is posing or pursuing some notion of American leadership or America winning or whatever other slogans they come up with. I'm too busy for that. What I do not do is to take actions either because it is going to work politically or somehow make America look tough or make me look tough. And maybe part of the reason is that every few months I go to Walter Reed Military Hospital and I see a 25-year-old kid who's paralyzed or has lost his limbs. And so some of those are people who I have ordered into battle, so I can't afford to play some of the political games that others play. Oof, mm-hmm. oof, that's a strong hit at first of all, twofold. It's a strong hit at the Republicans that are out there talking tough because mm-hmm. they don't have to make any real decisions. And two, it shows you, I think, the burden of the presidency. He does actually go to Walter Reed. That that sounds like something he's saying. He does go mm-hmm. there, and he sees guys with no arms. And he knows that the only reason those guys don't have arms is because he made he them, them go down. to war. That's, that's, that's him to me being like, shut the fuck up. Like, unless you're actually going to be making the choice, I don't, I don't want to hear your bullshit talk mm-hmm. tough. It's nonsense. And, I, and I, I appreciate that he put it out there. Okay. Meanwhile, Jeb Bush, Marco Rubio, and Lindsey Graham, who's apparently still running for president, called for the U.S. to, quote, eradicate ISIS from the face of the earth. And how would you do that? Yeah. Well, here's some quotes. Jeb Bush. Ultimately, the best way to deal with the refugee crisis is to create safe zones inside Syria so that people don't risk their lives and you don't have to have... And you don't have... What? Oh, and you... Hold on. I got confused. To create safe zones inside Syria so that people don't risk their lives and you don't have what will be a national security challenge, both for our country and Europe. We should focus our efforts as it relates to refugees on the Christians that are being slaughtered. Now, okay, there's a hundred yes. things wrong with that that whole statement. First of all— Which one would you want to go with first? Well, we'll, we'll, go, we'll start at the end. The, yeah, let's only save Christians. That's yeah, probably okay. the right way to do it. Yeah, Muslims, let them— Let. It's so illogical on a number of levels. First of all, not all Muslims are terrorists, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're just going to focus on the Christians, like I ah, forget the Muslims, some of them are going to be problems. Let's throw the whole, let's throw the baby out with the bathwater. Great, that's idiotic. Uh, on top of that, if you're so inclined to believe that Muslims are terrorists, yeah, just disregard them. So that way, they the only people they have to listen to are ISIS and different radical yeah. ideologies. Brilliant. That's a great strategy. Then on top of that, he wants to create safe zones in Syria, which means going into Syria and defending the safe zone. That's what oh, he's talking about. Oh, does it now? Yeah, how would you have a safe zone? Just like, no, no, this is off, off limits. We can't come in here. So that's military intervention. That's insane, the amount of blood and treasure and soldiers and money that's going to go into that.
1: Great. That mm-hmm. makes zero sense. Lindsay, good. I was just going to say, there was in no way you could have a safe zone during a civil war. It's just, well, sure. yeah. It's just like...
0: <laughs> it's just illogical. It's something you say, and people go, yes, a safe zone. And everybody zone. claps along. How line. do you enforce the safe zone? That Oh. Drones? Yeah, drones. Okay. Lindsey Graham, the best thing the United States can do to protect our homeland is to go on offense from a regional army, form a regional army, Okay with the French involved as they would like to be, and go in on the ground and destroy their caliphate. (laughs) He doesn't even know what he's talking about. We are going to fight ISIS in their backyard, or are going to fight them in our backyard? He later noted that thousands of U.S. troops would be needed in Syria and Iraq to, quote, pull the caliphate up by the roots, take back land held by ISIL, and hold it until Syria repairs itself. What are you talking about?
1: I don't think he knows.
0: What are you saying? So we're going to invade Syria, I guess, with some kind of regional army with... France just France um, destroy the caliphate which doesn't exist in any specific form Mm -hmm. and then keep doing that until Syria which has been utterly devastated by civil war that's why there's millions of people leaving utterly devastated I mean infrastructure wise destroyed there's nothing there I mean they've ruined it yeah we'll hold it until Syria quote repairs itself
1: what does that even mean in about 50 to 100 years yeah exactly right yeah well we'll just be there for 100 years Sounds familiar, doesn't it?
0: Yes! Thank you, Joey. Yes! Exactly. They always have the same plan. It's invade, rebuild. That is impossible in almost every way. And even if it wasn't impossible, it's going to take billions and billions and trillions of dollars and fucking decades, centuries. Right? Right? No, that's their plan. Okay. I don't even have a Rubio quote because his was sort of like less... Less crazy, but yeah. still along the same line. We need to eradicate them. They're a big problem. All right. Uh, let me see what else I want to get into here. Oh, so I have the Paris attacker. Uh, th-
1: hold on. Talk for a second, Joey.
0: <laughs> I haven't done this in a while.
1: God. Uh, no, it's just, it's, go- it's just all the same things. But I, I feel the main issue, though, is exp- which it's going to come up again, is only helping the Christians. Oh, that well, happened to be yeah, with I mean, the refugees. That's just insane.
0: Well, it's not ins- – I mean, I wouldn't say it's insane, but I, but right. Politically, it's an insane thing to say. You know ultimately that Jeb Bush and a lot of probably people on the right don't care about what happens to the Muslim people that are over there. They are just worried about the Christians. It sounds good. It's something to put out there. Um, and fine. But obviously there's millions of people there and not – most of them aren't a problem. No, they're, not at all. They're in a terrible situation. And something needs to be done about it because they're not a problem now. There's a percentage of young kids there that are going to see that they're being mistreated. Their family members are getting killed. Nobody wants us. What? Wh- who is are they going to turn to? No, yeah. It's not going to make them feel, like, loved, right? It's going to make them feel hated and ostracized. And that's one of the main components of being radicalized. I found what I wanted to do. I have a Donald Trump quote. He, of course, got into the act here. Uh, this is him talking about, well, let's just let, let's just see what Donald Trump has to say. All right. This was on the uh, CBS Now or Wednesday, something. Hold on. Let on me raise Biden's the volume.
3: decision not to run for president. And let me get to it. Trump is facing some pushback from some Islamic groups and some fellow Republicans after he said that he would be willing to close mosques in the United States to fight the radicalization of young Muslims.
1: Sure. Oh, my uh, God. Well, yeah,
0: no, that's that's allowed. All right. <laughs> let's just let him say see, it. Then he we can... said that.
1: We're going to hear this saying. is someone running for president of the United States of America. Not for long.
3: He made those comments in an interview Tuesday when he was asked about Britain's new plan to combat radicalization.
4: And they've got a whole new series of proposals to deal with this, including withdrawal of passports from some of these people who've gone to the Absolutely good. good. And closing some mosques. Would you do the same thing in America?
5: I would do that. Absolutely. I think it's great. I know they have a lot of proposals over there. If you go out, you go fight for ISIS. Can you do it? You can't come back. Why can't you do it? You Can, can you do close it here? a
4: mosque? I mean, we do have well, a religious I don't know. Freedom. I mean, I haven't heard about the...
0: <laughs> this guy tries to sneak in that we have religious It's guaranteed we have religious freedom. And Trump's like, nope, you can do it.
4: Closing of the mosque, it depends. If the
0: mosque is, you know, loaded for bear, I don't know. You're going to have to certainly look at it. Well, obviously, a mosque that's, quote, loaded for bear is not, like... Does not exist in the United States. It doesn't. But even if it... did, I'm saying, like, if it's that circumstance where they have, like, an arsenal and you obviously know they're planning something, well, of course you could do that. But you can't just shut down every mosque because maybe, you know, a lot of what Trump's ideas are just like, maybe, I don't know, you'd look into it. Yeah, of course you'd look into it, you fuck. What, are you just going to ignore everything? Yes. you look into everything, obviously. So anyway, so that's that's the republican side of things. We need to go invade another country, say that for. That's that's crazy. Years. We should need to close mosques.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. It's not a real policy. It's just something It's sending saying. the incredible wrong message. it's saying that all Muslims are terrorists to begin with. That's yeah, that's but, but forget
0: that. even sending the wrong message, which it does. It's just not that's illogical and that's not the person you want running the country. And that's what Obama's reacting to in his quote, which I think mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. Got a couple of things from The Intercept, which is, I always talk about great foreign policy, insightful about a lot of these things. At least three, this, this is what you were really excited to get into, and I don't know if you have more on this. At least three of the Paris terrorists were known to European authorities. One of them was flagged as a radicalization risk in 2010. Friends of another tried to alert French police about his radical views. A third was prominently featured in Jihadi Propaganda. And I also have a quote from a, uh, a, 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 one of the Paris attackers' Facebook post. This is what he wrote. Those dogs are attacking our civilians everywhere. Strike them in their community of pigs so they can't feel safe again in their own dreams. Which is like a r- really, uh, you know, sh- strange, violent poem this idiot wrote. A professor at the college he attended after the Charlie Hebdo attacks reported him to management due to concerns about his radical views. But management, quote, decided not to intervene
1: to avoid stigmatizing the young student. So that is f- aggravating well that's you can't stigmatize a, a a student because he has to go shoot a paris
0: yeah that's idiocy that's 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 the rampant liberalism, right where well, we don't want to say anything to that that Muslim guy, like it might upset him it's okay, say whatever you want to say to whoever you want to say, if he gets upset, he gets upset, but clearly, this guy had something, and I'm saying Christian whoever across the board that's too far where you're not going to. Uh, he says let's g- hit them so they'll, they'll never
1: feel safe in their so, dreams. So so what? we can't say anything to him? So what we have here is a failure to communicate. We have an individual, right, Yeah, who is saying things that are, um, I don't know, not positive, I guess. No. In any sense. And when it's brought to somebody's attention, they choose to just turn the other eye and pretend that he never said it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And this seems to be the case over and over again. It's – I don't know what it is, but it seems like the amount of money that we spend on anti-terror and homeland security and a lot of countries spend around the world, it doesn't seem like we're very good at actually tracking them.
1: Well, because you have a college professor who brought something to somebody's attention and it went nowhere. That's what I mean. But they, they these people were
0: on – if you – Joey, if you were on the cover of Jihadist magazine,
1: mm-hmm.
0: would we think that that was just – should you maybe be somebody we keep our eye on? Definitely. Well, why why weren't they keeping their eye on them? These are questions that are going to come out over time. And it should be part of the conversation. We're spending more and more money on this. We're we're limiting people's rights. We're surveilling more people. To what end? Because it doesn't seem like it's doing anything. And to Snowden's point, Snowden said this, Mm -hmm. the bigger the haystack, the harder it is to find the needle. Right. The more data you collect, the, the more difficult it is or the easier it is to let these people get lost in the shuffle. That's a huge problem. And clearly, this keeps happening.
1: Yes. Uh, we have to reevaluate the steps we've been using. Apparently, they're not working. And maybe we have to take a more humanistic approach. Absolutely. It's police work that does the trick. Follow a lead. Mm-hmm. Maybe it
0: is just one guy. If you caught one of these guys, maybe you stopped the whole thing. It's not bombing that's going to stop this. No. It might kill a couple of people, and it might feel good. But there's going to be more that crop up in, in, in that place. And especially if they're not even there. These guys weren't even in the Middle East. They were at some points. No, they were
1: from France. But the France. last
0: year or whatever, yeah, they've been in France, Belgium. They weren't even there. So who, what are you bombing? This is really interesting. ISIS, in its online magazine, Debique, which uh, phenomenal that ISIS has their own fucking online magazine that they put out. So that's what I'm saying. These guys are like media savvy. Uh, Muslims in the West will soon find themselves between one of two choices. This is what you were alluding to yes. before. The attack, quote, further brought division to the world and eliminated the gray zones. As a result, Muslims living in the West should soon would soon no longer be welcome in their own societies. Treated with increasing suspicion, distrust, and hostility by their fellow citizens as a result of the deadly shooting, Western Muslims would soon be forced to, quote, either apostatize or they migrate to the Islamic State and thereby escape persecution from the crusader governments and citizens. That's as clear a mission statement like a real mission statement, as any you're going to get from ISIS. Do you want to elaborate on that because you wanted to talk about it before?
1: Yes. That's why I believe they chose Paris, because Paris has a higher level of Muslim individuals living there.
0: Yes, and there is quite a division in society where there are people being ostracized. Yes. Yeah. And and partially, yes, that's partially due to Paris and France being that way. It's also partially because there's a certain level of we don't really want to be part of society. You know, the, the, it's on both sides. But yes, that's a good place to start. And ISIS is clearly saying we want to divide. Mm-hmm. So when you have people like Bush and a- anybody on the right, and there's people on the left that are going to say it, and then we're going to get into the Syrian refugee thing, which mm-hmm. I think it f- kind of falls into this line. When you start to ostracize people and draw a clear line between you and the other, that's where the problem starts. Yes. It's inclusion as much as possible, it's be a part of the society, feel welcome like that's, that's part of it that's a huge factor here we'll see where it goes. Now I just want to bring this up, weapons manufacturers are having a great week uh, yeah, their stock prices are way up, Raytheon up almost 3% Northrop Grumman over 3%, Lockheed Martin 2.5% General Dynamics only about a percentage up uh, and surveillance leader Booz Allen Hamilton who Edward Snowden worked for is up almost two and a half percent. Their stock prices. So there you go. Bad things happen. Good people make money. That's uh, that's America.
1: Oh my god!
0: Say that one more time. Bad things happen. Good people make money. And obviously, I'm being sarcastic, right? Um, I I'm, I'm I'm just running at that. The that's war. The war profiteers uh, make make their cash on on bad things. Disaster capitalism. Madeleine Albright. I have a quote from her about the. Syrian refugee situation. Oh, I was just looking at my notes real quick. I'm sorry. I wrote a lot of stuff here and I'm just sort of like a little bit disorganized, but I wanted to bring this up. WikiLeaks released a document saying that Syria offered to help us fight ISIS or what was ISIS at the time in 2010. Well, that's convenient. And we didn't, uh, we just didn't bite on that pretty much. And they were like, look, if we work together, we're pretty sure we can get all these people because we we infiltrate and we wait for like the perfect moment to to get them.
1: So here's a question for you. So when you have a possible situation in a foreign country when you have people who live in the community willing to help you and make your job easier, yeah. have access, have intel, have knowledge. Right. You choose not to follow up when they go out of their way to contact you to say, hey, we have an issue here, let's take care of it.
0: Yeah, it's questionable. Doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, again,
1: it's a, it's a snippet. It's a yeah.
0: it's a it's a document that's yeah, leaked back it's in a,
1: 2010. An email reached somebody's desk. Yeah,
0: um, you know, and and who know, who knows where that could have gone. But it just gives you an idea that like Syria was onto this, and they were like, "Look, we have X, Y, and Z things that we could do. Why don't you get on board with us, and we could we could work this out?"
1: Didn't happen. All the, all the question is why didn't they just do it themselves? But maybe they didn't have the resources.
0: Right. Yeah, I don't know. Well, they don't they don't. That's what they were saying. We don't have the you know, if you help us, we can get this done and we can pretty much take mm-hmm. all these people out. Okay. Now on to the Syrian refugee thing. This goes back to Danny asked the question, you know, how do we feel about it, all that stuff. I have some quotes. We can play a clip of Obama, which we're gonna do. we am gonna have a little discussion about it, because I think it's you know, it's it's obviously something that's gonna come up and it's it's worth talking about. Uh this is President Barack Obama on the refugee comments that have been being made by people on the right. Mm. Okay. And he was overseas at the, at this time.
2: Uh, we're we're open to hearing actual ideas, but that's not really what's been going on in this debate. When candidates say we want to admit 3-year-old orphans, that's political posturing.
0: That was your buddy uh, the overweight governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie, that said that.
1: No.
2: When individuals say that we should have a religious test and that only Christians, proven Christians, should be admitted, it's Jeb Bush. That's offensive and contrary to American values. Right. Yeah. So that's about right. <laughs> I cannot think of a more, uh, more potent recruitment tool for ISIL than some of the rhetoric that's been coming out of here. Uh, uh, during the course of this debate.
0: Right. And that, that's, a, that's a great point. That's fact. You know, they can use that, like we're talking about, marginalized people yes. can feel isolated and then they jump in and they, and they use the vulnerable uh, mindset to get their own plan in there. Madeleine Albright, former Secretary of State under Bill Clinton, wrote an op-ed in Time Magazine published yesterday. I have her quote real quick. Uh, this is somebody who's obviously has some stature. She says, these proposals are motivated by fear. This is saying, no, we're not going to accept. States have different mm-hmm. proposals out where they're not going to accept refugees. The, and I think, Evan, you said that they passed that in the House today. That- Let me check that right now. Okay. Uh, Madeline Albright, these proposals are motivated by fear, not by the facts. And they fly in the face of our country's proud tradition of admitting refugees from every corner of the globe and every faith background. We have always been a generous nation, and we have in place a rigorous process for refugee resettlement that balances our generosity with our need for security. It works, and it should not be stopped or paused. Our enemies have a plan. They want to divide the world between Muslims and non-Muslims and between the defenders and attackers of Islam. By making Syrian refugees the enemy, we are playing into their hands. Yes. Correct. Absolutely correct. Oh, by the way, this is mm. the other thing, because like, I've had this argument a couple of times. The U.S. refugee entry process takes at least 18 months. All right? From, I left my country, I got here. Start the clock. It's at least 18 months before you're even going to be considered to come into the United States. That's a long time. Okay. And the U.N. Refugee Agency says only 1% of the world's refugees are taken in permanently. 1%. Yeah. So
1: what is 1% of 11.6
0: million? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm terrible at math. Yeah, but Steve, not good. Not good. Stephen Legomsky, the professor at Washington University in St. Louis and former chief counsel for U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, says refugees are personally interviewed and thorough background checks are performed by Homeland Security and the FBI. No competent terrorists would choose the U.S. refugee process as a preferred strategy for gaining entry into the U.S.
1: Well, also back to... Uh, Chris Christie's point: At what point would a three-year-old often be a terrorist?
0: Probably not. You know, when he will be fifteen years from now, when he realizes how badly his family got fucked over by the United States and people that don't care about them, and then he joins a... You know, like that's the problem. Again, eighteen months, maybe two years. You're no, who's going to do that? It doesn't make sense.
1: It makes no sense.
0: Uh, Dick Durbin pointed out: Seventy thousand refugees come to the U.S. annually. Anyway, we're already bringing in. Almost 100,000 people a year. Yeah. These people need help. I think it's our duty to help them. You're, Germany's bringing 800,000 or something. It's Some oh, cr- a crazy number. They seem to not be so worried about it. They're going to handle it.
1: Yeah. Well, also, I always felt that America, you know, is a melting pot. Not to mention, what better way to than f- helping a situation down the road where you invite pe- people from Syria who have that knowledge, that background, train them, educate them, give them a place to live, so when they're back on their feet, they can go home. If they go home. But right. But yes, but, but absolutely go with a positive taste and, in their mouth. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and they can continue to help rebuild the nation.
0: Of course. Right. That's logical. If we're gonna be ruled by fear, we're gonna reap the you know, the consequences of that will will play out in the fullness of time. But I think it's, un, it's an irrational fear. It sounds good to be like, nope, we can't have the, the Syrian refugees come in. It's a political thing. And I think when you understand that they're being interviewed over and over again, they're there for 18 months. What, why would a terrorist do that? They could just get a visa and come in. Yeah.
1: And all, even like, get flagged. The, they could even get flagged right, they, and come And in. they
0: did. We know that they did. Had that happened. They weren't coming through with the refugees. Although I think I did read, I don't know when I read it, that one of them maybe did do that through Europe but not through the United States. The United States refugee process is completely different mm-hmm. and way more stable. Finally, then we're going to wrap up with this. Th- this was longer than I thought, but I think it, you think this was worthwhile to go Absolutely. through it to this extent? Okay. Finally, Anonymous has declared war on ISIS in what will surely make a terrific Vin Diesel, Peter Sarsgaard movie one day. Uh, points for Vin Diesel? Peter Sarsgaard will play like...
1: The slimy dude.
0: Yeah, like a hacker or something. He'll be involved. And Vin Diesel will go over there and, like, stomp ISIS. You get By it. By himself. You know how it would work. I, yeah, it's difficult. Screw you, Joey. Hashtag Op Paris has taken down uh, well over 2,000 pro-ISIS Twitter accounts so far, as well as dark web donation uh, pages for ISIS. So Anonymous is getting involved. Good. Go for it.
1: I don't understand why we have a ha- that. It comes to the point where a hacker group has to come in and help us. They don't have to, but they are. Well, shouldn't uh, they are probably? Shouldn't multiple governments? They are probably, but okay. Be let taking care be of doing. this dark money that it shouldn't be a bunch of hackers. You go, wow, we're going to take care of this dark money. How much dark money are we dark even talking?
0: dark web money? Like it's it's like a. I don't really fully understand what the dark web is. I know I like understand the concept of it that it's like a, a non you know, it's like a second layer, secondary layer of the internet. But mm-hmm. I don't if somebody listening Samsung out there or even a nobody, uh, Can is, explain that to us? That'd be fantastic. I'd love it. Email is mandatory dot But anyway, but I'm just throwing it out there. We don't to, Anonymous is trying to help. Yes. Good. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for the help, anonymous. We we appreciate it. They could be like a black op operation or something, just because they can overstep like certain constitutional. Things I that think that's in. a reasonable thing too. That that is always something that people throw out there. That like maybe ISIS is uh, anonymous isn't just this independent group. Like maybe they are
1: actually oh, backed by the government. Yeah,
0: but and they, they're like go you know let them off the leash.
1: <laughs> the the true go getters.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. Anyway, so any final thoughts on this Paris attack? Anything? I think we yeah, good.
1: I just feel that it's a shame; it should have never happened, and it's definitely going we'd to be rather se- it not happen. Oh, but, obviously, you know. and it's going to be sending a lot of policy from this day forth.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to affect the presidential election here for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I hope we don't see stuff like that again. I think it's likely that we're going to see something again. Maybe not necessarily in Paris, but stuff will happen. I think the key is to not get hysterical about it. You can mourn the loss. You can look at it as a tragedy, but the key is to not overreact. Terrorists, radical, like these are the words that we use for these people. When you're being radical, you're not being rational. You're not, you know, you're just trying to lash out and cause the most damage that you can in one instance. The response to that has to be a thought out, logical, it can be time, you can do it quickly, but you need to think it through. Invading countries doesn't work. Deposing the leader doesn't, doesn't work. work. We learn, learn the lessons. We went through it already. Learn the lessons. I, you know, I wrote a couple of notes to myself. I didn't really put them uh, on this pad. But just off the top of my head, one of the things that I was thinking, like, you don't defeat this ideology with bombs. You defeat it with running water and books. That's how you're going to defeat <laughs> this thing. It's the long game. You make people feel at home in their own country. And you give them the ability to learn. And when they learn, then they can hear a shitty ideology and go, that's a shitty ideology. I don't like that. Right. When you don't give them that ability and they don't have anything else and they're desperate and they need money and they can be bribed and tricked or whatever.
1: They fall into the one group of
0: people. Absolutely. And that, that's really something that needs to – it's got to be in the forefront of this whole thing. Understand that. And when you hear people saying that we need to just keep doing stuff that we've done for, for – forever. It's not working. It's not working. Why don't we try something else? It might not sound great to say that, like, you know what we should do? We should give water and food and education to the people of those countries where Isis comes out of, and then in the long run in 20 years, Isis won't be able to get a foothold. No, we need to eradicate them. Let's create a safe zone. Okay, that sounds good. That's pot it's called posturing. It's political posturing. It's not possible and it's going to result in disaster. Yes oh um i just wanted to say that the vote actually was passed today in the house uh 289 to 137 and apparently that's enough to override a possible veto wow okay so that's a big vote then and that is saying what that all Uh, states are are not going to accept what is the the just nationally just to um uh provide higher hurdles for refugees. All right. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the Senate. I mean, it might pass in the Senate. But th- but again, this stuff is just sort of, again, it's political, political posturing. Mm-hmm. If we're going to accept refugees, we're going to accept refugees. And the hurdles, I'm sure, are already high. It's like when they talk about we're banning abortion. Abortion is already banned. Okay. So you're just passing mm-hmm. stuff to sound good, but it already exists. There's already fucking hurdles. We already talked about the hurdles yes. there are for Syrian refugees, not to mention the trip here. If you're even going to get here, then there's even more, you know, it's not, it's not great to be a refugee. We, we don't need to go crazy about it. All right. Equal time rule. This is quick. Mm-hmm. John Kasich, Lindsey Graham, who's apparently still running for president, and George Pataki are requesting airtime from NBC uh, stations post-Trump hosting Saturday Night Live, like we talked about a number of yes. times. I was like, this is an issue. Trump was only on TV for about 12 minutes. So these guys are requesting time. That's primetime television. Well, that's well. It's, is it 11.30 on a Saturday? Is that prime time? No, Apparently. 8 o'clock, but whatever. So Ratings. Anyway, so these three are, are, you know, clamoring for their equal time. So we'll yes. see what happens. I would just let the three of them host SNL. Fuck it. At the same time? Yeah. Hmm. The three-headed monster of Kasich, uh, Graham, and Pataki. Anyway, I just want to put that out there because that was something that I talked about. I was like, this, this is going to come up. Yes. How are they letting him host? But if you watch the show, they even did a sketch where he's tweeting Trump. Mm-hmm. But he's not on screen. Well, that's how they got to You know, they're trying to limit the amount of time that they're going to have to show out uh, if somebody requested it. And they did request it. So. Yes.
1: All right. You
0: ready to get into this? Jesus. I, okay. You ready to get into the CPS Democratic debate coverage? Yeah.
1: I feel like it's a lot, Joey. It is a lot. There's a lot of things going on in the world today. I'm, I feel tired. You you, you, want, you want to take a pause? Have something to eat?
0: No, nah, we probably shouldn't do that. It's all right. I'm just going to have a little sip of my Mandarin polar seltzer. Why, why don't you talk to Evan or, or just discuss something real quick? and then Why and then are you we'll always trying to it. have me talk? Are you kidding me? Because this is a podcast that you co-host. <laughs> You're doing a great job. I'm just saying I need uh, to take a quick pause here to have a sip of, of seltzer, and then I can get into the debate stuff.
1: Well, you can fix it in post. We just, we just cut it, put it together, and I could just sit here silently for five minutes. It would be awesome.
0: It's very frustrating working with you uh, on almost every level. All right. You ready to get into this? Yes. So what, here, here's what you could do. Explain how I do my notes. We do it every week, but why don't you let the people know what's going on?
1: All right. So what ends up happening is Chris goes into a, a bubble where he doesn't listen to any uh, coverage of the debate, and he catches up on the debate by himself, and he writes down notes, what, he, what we would call live tweets. However, he doesn't put it on Twitter. He keeps it to ourselves to himself so we can use it during the podcast beautiful that's
0: exactly right that's exactly what i was gonna say thank you joey that was great see there we go you gave me a minute to catch my breath the transition and we're gonna get into it um oh you know what i should have got a level here Ah, that's all right we'll figure it out as we go so again i tried to get a little less clips it's a little bit of my commentary let's just see how it goes the first thing i have to play here And this was a day after the attack. So obviously that shaped a a portion of the beginning of this thing. It was supposed to all be about that, but then they got into some other topics, which we have. Hillary makes a misstep early on ISIS. To me, you know what she's saying, but it's an easy soundbite for anyone to use against her. So this is about five minutes in. this, Hillary Clinton. It's a quick clip, and you could tell me potentially. Did you watch this, by the way? I did not watch it. All right, so you tell me what the misstep is potentially here. Okay,
3: Cooperative way that we can bring people together but it cannot be an American fight and I think what the president has consistently said which I agree with is that we will support those who take the fight to Isis that is why we have troops in Iraq that are helping to train and build back up the Iraqi military why we have special operators in Syria working with the Kurds and Arabs so that we can be supportive but this cannot be an American fight although American leadership is essential but uh
1: that last part about it not being an American fight.
0: Yeah, she said at the beginning. I mean, I, 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 I get what she's saying, of course. Mm-hmm. It isn't really an American fight. It If they attacked us, like really attacked us, yeah, of course, we're going to have to do something begrudgingly or whatever it is. But she's right. It's a, But it sounds like a misstep. Like, America can't fight ISIS. They're just going to clip that and that's what they're going to use. But right, it's a, it's a, it's an it's a Arab world issue. Mm-hmm. And France wants to get involved, but, again, they're going to have to temper that response. It sounds good to say we're going to eradicate them, but no. You can't do it. Question to Bernie Sanders about his, quote, rid the planet of ISIS comments in relation to his notion that climate change is the most pressing foreign policy issue of the day. There's a follow-up about the Iraq war destabilizing the region. Sanders points out that the regime change and invasions have unintended consequences. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I wrote, Jesus, the Democratic debates are not exciting. They're talking about real stuff, but it is not super entertaining. Uh, but whatever, I got through it and, and you know, I picked out the uh, the important stuff. So this is Bernie Sanders fielding a question about uh, ridding the planet of ISIS and climate change. And we'll see what he has to say.
4: You said you want to rid the planet of ISIS. In the previous debate, you said the greatest threat to national security was climate change. Do you still believe that?
5: Absolutely. In fact, climate change is directly related to the growth of terrorism. And if we do not get our act together and listen to what the scientists say, you're going to see countries all over the world. This is what the CIA says. They're going to be struggling over limited amounts of water, limited amounts of land to grow their crops, and you're going to see all kinds of international conflict. But of course, international terrorism is a major issue that we have got to address today. And I agree with much of what the Secretary and the Governor have said. But let me have one area of disagreement with the Secretary. I think she said something like, the bulk of the responsibility is not ours well in fact I would argue that the disastrous invasion of Iraq something that I strongly oppose has unraveled the region completely and led to the rise of Al Qaeda uh, and to uh, ISIS now in fact what we have got to do and I think there is widespread agreement here, is the United States cannot do it alone What we need to do is lead an international coalition which includes very significantly the Muslim nations in that region who are going to have to fight and defend their way of life.
4: Quickly, just uh, let me ask you a follow-up on that, Senator Sanders. When you say the disastrous vote on Iraq, uh, let's just be clear about what you're saying. You're saying Secretary Clinton, who was then Senator Clinton, voted for the Iraq war. And are you making a direct link between her vote for that? war and what's happening now for ISIS, just so everybody can well, I don't clear think, any
5: I don't think any sensible person would disagree that the invasion of Iraq led to the massive level of instability we are seeing right now. I All think right. that was one of the worst foreign policy blunders in the modern history of the United States. All right. Let- All right. Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: right. He tries to capitalize on Hillary's misstep there. And I think he gives a good answer. Of course, the invasion of Iraq has a lot to do with this. I mean... You know, 9-11 happens, that's our response to it, and, mm-hmm. you know, obviously that's, uh, that's a huge problem here. It gives ISIS a place to be. They're in Iraq, they're in Syria, it just caused tremendous instability, so a uh, good answer right, Bernie Sanders. Sanders says Muslim nations must get boots on the ground. Sounds correct. It is correct. The problem is, how do you do that? How do you actually make Saudi Arabia or whatever, different allies of ours get involved, or actually have the iraqi army getting involved or whatever mm-hmm. you know so that's an interesting what's the matter joe Are you checking
1: out here no i'm fine all right I'm you're just fine. you're just mm, I'm angry.
0: all right don't don't get mad relax i love it. you're doing a nice job hillary uses the term quote arc of instability to explain why things haven't played out well in the middle east o'malley says we have the greatest military in the world but we don't have the tools to prop up sustainable democracies which is extremely true mm-hmm. That that is exactly right he says we fail our troops when we call them boots on the ground without having a game plan post regime change. Absolutely, great point. I gotta say this: I thought O'Malley had a. I got a good debate.
1: Had a good debate. I think
0: he represented himself well. It's not going to make a fucking bit of difference, but he had a he had a good job. Did a good job. Hillary is very good at humble bragging about her time at the State Department. She'll be like, you know, when I was there, and I know because we did the, you know. And then she throws yeah. some Okay, she's good at that. 19 minutes and 46 seconds in a gotcha question on radicalism and i put it in quotes i'm just using mm-hmm. that because that's the easiest way to explain it just showing this to point out the democrats get hit with stuff like this too This is a gotcha question i believe it's to hillary but i, I can't be sure uh but we're gonna listen to it anyway but i just think it's interesting because the Dem- the republicans complained about a lot of their debate questions this is one also And let's listen to it.
4: Yes. Marco Rubio, also running for president, said that this attack showed, and the attack in Paris showed, that we are at war with radical Islam. Do you agree with that characterization, radical Islam?
3: I don't think we're at war with Islam. I don't think we're at war with all Muslims. I think we're at war with jihadists who have-
4: Just to interrupt, uh, he didn't say all Muslims, he just said radical Islam. Is that a phrase you don't- I think that uh, see. So what he's trying to do
0: there, he's trying to get her to say no. I don't want to call it radical Islam, or he's trying to get her to say radical Islam because that's a big thing on the Republican side, where you gotta you gotta call it what it is. It's mm-hmm. radical. Okay, all right, we get it. <laughs> but then, but she doesn't take the bait. But then she also doesn't say it, so then they can go back and go look. Hillary won't say radical. You know, it becomes this thing. But that's sort of a gotcha question, and that happens. It, it's semantics. It isn't. It isn't. It isn't. I mean, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. I don't care if you want to call it radicalism. I also don't care if you don't want to say it. You know what's going on. We know who, who is causing the problem. Uh, the, the The issue becomes, like, why why not call it radicalism? It is that. Mm-hmm. They're using that as part of their ideology, so why, why not call it it? But I'm not going to get... Pissed at you. I don't think you can't fix the problem if you don't call it radical Islam, you know? But that's the game that the Republicans always like to play. None of the candidates want to use the phrase radical Islam. Fine. Sanders says that they're a danger to modern society. We need the world to come together to destroy them. Okay. I then I wrote a note to myself here, which I don't even know if this is true towards the end, but I said, it's difficult to find clips from this debate because it's a pretty substantive conversation. It's, of course, easier to do that with only three candidates, which is an obvious benefit of yes. only having three candidates. But what I mean by that is to find like a one-minute clip, it's harder because they're having like an actual conversation. There's very few breaks. They're not really attacking each other. So if you really want to watch it, you should watch the whole thing to get the full context. But I did my best. Yes. Taking in Syrian refugees is okay as long as it's predicated on a strong screening process, which is pretty much the
1: the way it's set up as it cons- is.
0: Absolutely, but yeah. that's the consensus. They can't, you know, of course they have to say that. Fine. About a half hour in, Sanders is asked how he pays for his free tuition and other benefit. That's pretty much it, by the way, as far as I think them talking about ISIS and stuff. If you want to watch it, it's like a half hour uh, of them talking about it. It's what you think that they're going to, they're not going to say anything super specific. Hillary maybe makes the gaffe on that, but it's a lot of the same shit that you've heard them say. Again, there's only three candidates. So there's yes. only, you're going to hear them repeating stuff quite a bit. And I'd even have to think about the next debate if it's still the three of them, unless there's something egregious, we might not even do the coverage for the next democratic debate when it gets down to two or whatever, we'll figure it out. But it's okay. something to keep in mind because it is a little bit repetitious. Sanders is asked how he pays for his free tuition. Oh, I read that. Uh, oh no, his free tuition and other benefits. He doesn't answer anything specifically. This isn't a great response for a general election. So he'll get away with it for here, but broaden it to He's got a, a to wider audience. Yeah, it maybe doesn't sound great. And let's hear what he uh, let's hear what he has to say about
5: it. Do demanding that the wealthiest people and the largest corporation who have gotten away with murder for years start paying their fair share.
3: But let's get specific. How high would you go? You've said before you'd go above 50 percent. How high?
0: They're talking we about, have- obviously, the tax rate. Mm-hmm.
5: I haven't come up with an exact number yet, but it will not be as high as the number under Dwight D. Eisenhower, which was 90 percent. But it will
2: be.
5: <laughs> I'm not that much of a so. socialist compared to Eisenhower. <laughs> We are going to end the absurdity, as Warren Buffett often reminds us. That's right. That billionaires pay an effective tax rate lower than nurses or truck drivers. That makes no sense at all. There has to be real tax reform, and the wealthiest and large corporations will pay when I'm president. And may I point out...
0: The, what I'm saying, that, that like, I'm not as much... Like, it won't be 90%, but they can easily be like, so what is it going to be, 88% you socialists? Like, <laughs> that's an easy one to turn around on them. It works in this context. Sanders on the international embarrassment of American health care. I like that he puts this out there because to me it is it is embarrassing that we're supposed to be the leader in the world and all this shit. But we, we, we can't get this right. Yeah, we can't do this. I, I like how passionate he is about this. And we're just going to play that real quick.
5: Congress to take Americans over the Canadian border to buy breast cancer drugs. for He, one-
0: he said he's proud to be a member that took Americans to Canada to get cheaper drugs
5: tenth the price they were paying in the United States. But at the end of the day, no doubt, the Affordable Care Act is a step forward. I think we all support it. I believe we've got to go further. I want to end the international embarrassment of the United States of America being the only major country on Earth that doesn't guarantee health care to all people as a right, not a privilege. And also, also, what we should be clear about is we end up spending, and I think the Secretary knows this, Far more,
0: <laughs> they did a better job of subtly trying to tag Hillary. Like I mean, they were trying to attack her more in this
1: debate. Mm-hmm.
0: I have some notes later. I think she, whatever, we'll get we'll get to it
1: later. She It'll defends be. it all off.
0: Not even that she defends it. I just think the crowd has already made up their mind. This is in Iowa, so keep oh, okay. that in mind too. It's battleground state, first vote
5: per capita on health care. Than any other major country, and our outcomes, healthcare outcomes, are not necessarily. All right, Nancy, really-
0: All right, so he calls it a national embarrassment or whatever. Yes, O'Malley says we've been talking about border security. Now, obviously, they've shifted topics. O'Malley says we've been talking about border security at the exclusion of comprehensive immigration reform. Excuse me, Paul Rouse, sir. Replays his quote, "Carnival Barker Trump line." Gets a nice applause. He does point out that net immigration from Mexico last year was zero which is true, mm-hmm. uh, Obama's deported more illegal immigrants than any other president combined. He's deported millions and millions of people. Wow. But that's something we don't... That never we don't comes hear out. about. Of course. Well, no, of course not. Everyone pretty much agrees on what to do with the 11 million illegal immigrants in America. They all want to find a path to citizenship for them and let them out of the shadows. Big applause there. It's the only reasonable solution as far as I'm concerned. You're not going to deport 11 million people. That's true. They're already here doing work that a lot of people can't or won't do. Let find a way to figure it out republicans will go well it's unfair what about the people that waited it is unfair you're right it's not a fair world they're here let's fix that problem now mm-hmm. fix that problem so now we're starting at zero illegal immigrants right if you figure out what to do with the 11 million start with zero anybody then now you can treat illegal immigrants much more harshly after you solve this problem you can put real stringent laws in place create a, a, a streamlined system, make it easier to get into the country. You know what I mean? But, yeah, make sure you follow through with yeah, it. Yeah, but there's already a problem. Solve the problem and start at zero. Okay, and yes. then let's go from there. Then we can work it out. But this, it's too late. We already let them in. They're already here. And, it's, and they're good. They're a boon to the society. It's not, a, it's not a big problem. It's not a problem that we're making out to be Trump, trouble. Oh, they're rapists. Yeah, okay. Shut shut up. Uh, Sanders points out several times that his ideas are, quote, are not, quote, radical, And that he's not so much a, quote, socialist. Also supports a $15 minimum wage, which he believes will stimulate the economy because it puts money in the hands of working people who currently have no disposable income. Fine. That's Uh, another aspect of the minimum wage debate that that actually does make sense.
1: I'll be honest with you. I think he's doing himself a disservice by keep on saying that. Saying what? That he's not a socialist. Uh, Well... Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. That's
0: the type of stuff that's going to be used against him. For now, it's fine, but uh, he is a socialist. That's the thing. Instead of saying, I'm not so much a socialist, he'd say, I am a socialist, and this is why, because it works. Mm-hmm. I believe in it. He's sort of running away from the word, but we've talked about that, too, where yes. Norway does it one way. Well, we don't like Norway. No, we can't. You know, it's yeah. like that type of thing. It's, it's, we're a buzzword society, Joey. Fifth, uh, about 45 minutes in, O'Malley on how capitalism works. I think this is a very valid point. Hillary jumps in. There's a little bit of an argument here. Let's hear it.
4: It's the more our people earn, the more money they spend, and the more our whole economy grows. Let me I just
3: think
5: add to that. This agree. is not an esoteric <laughs> article, uh, argument. You're okay. seeing cities like Seattle. You're seeing cities like San Francisco, cities like Los Angeles doing it, and they are doing it well and workers are able to have more disposable income.
3: But I do take what Alan Krueger said seriously. He is the foremost expert in our country on the minimum wage uh, and what its effects uh, are. And the overall message is that it doesn't result in job loss. However, what Alan Kruger said in the piece you're referring to is that if we went to $15, there are no international comparisons. That is why I support a $12 national, federal minimum wage. That is what the Democrats in the Senate have put forward as a uh, proposal. Because
0: she's a moderate. Mm -hmm. And a lot of her policies are moderate. Fine. That's why she's going to get a lot of support.
3: But I do believe that is a minimum, and places like Seattle, like Los Angeles, like New York City, sure. they can go higher. It's what happened in uh, Governor O'Malley's state. There was a minimum wage at the state level, and some places went higher. I think that Didn't is the hardest happen. way <laughs> to be able to move forward because if you go to 12, it would be the highest historical average oh, we've come ever on, had.
4: Yeah, yeah <laughs> but <laughs> look, it should always be going up. I mean, it, well, with all due respect it, to you Secretary would index it to Clinton, the median
3: wage. Of course, you would yeah, do the should. 12 and you would no. index it, but we, I, I, I think take, we need to stop we, taking our advice from economists
4: on Wall Street,
0: and, not start
3: not on Wall Street. Okay, well, and start talk about taking advice when Wall Street advice, economists Wall Street's a good issue to
5: talk right. about
0: Alright, so that's probably the most argument we've seen Same, from all, you know all three of them Okay, uh, Hillary is asked about how she's trustworthy on going after Wall Street when she's getting big money from Wall Street. She gives a regular answer. Sanders is asked about that answer. He 1st uh, It's the first attack of the de- debate, really. Like that was an argument, mm-hmm. but this is the first attack of the debate. Uh, you can see Sanders isn't into going after her. They go back and forth. Hillary uses a smart but cheap applause tactic in her retort and that invokes 9-11. No. This is our longest clip because it's the fundamental difference between the two of them. It's really the difference between why Bernie Sanders would be great and why Hillary would only be good, in my opinion, all right? So let's play this. This is like a four-minute clip, and then the rest of them are, sh- are shorter from, from there. We're, we're actually almost done. Uh, okay. so that's, let's, okay. let's say If you want to stop it, we can stop it. But let, let's just hear how this unfolds
4: donations to Secretary Clinton are compromising so what do you think of her answer?
5: Not good enough. Uh, Here's the story. I mean you know let's not be naive about it. Why do, uh, why over her political career has Wall Street been a major, the major uh, campaign contributor to Hillary Clinton? Uh, Now maybe they're dumb and they don't know what they're going to get but I don't think so. Here is the major issue when we talk about Wall Street. It ain't complicated. you got six financial institutions today that have assets of 56 percent, equivalent to 56 percent of the GDP in America. They issue two-thirds of the credit cards and one-third of the mortgages. If Mm -hmm. Teddy Roosevelt, a good Republican, were alive today, you know what he'd say? Break them up. (laughs) Re-establish Glass-Steagall and Teddy Roosevelt is right. That is the issue. Now, I am the only candidate up here that doesn't have a super PAC. I'm not asking Wall Street or the billionaires for money. I will break up these banks, support community banks and credit unions. Credit unions. That's the future of banking in America.
0: It's pretty crazy that, I mean, this was unthinkable five years ago or whatever, when Occupy Wall Street was happening, where they wanted people to break up. the. Mm -hmm. Nobody would say that. He is on stage, one of the three people that are going to get the nomination for the Democratic. And he's like, I will, will break up the banks. That's a big deal. Yes. And I think that's good. I'm for that. I think, yeah, break up the big banks. If they're too big to fail, they're too big to fail. He's right. Mm-hmm. Let's see how this continues.
4: Follow up because you, you uh Secretary, Clinton, you'll get a chance to respond. You said they know what they're going to get. Look, what are they going to get? I have never
5: heard a candidate, never, who has received huge amounts of money from oil, from coal, from Wall Street, from the military industrial complex. Not one candidate. All oh, these... These campaign contribution will not influence me. I'm going to be independent. Well, why do they make millions of dollars of campaign contributions? Great question. They expect to get something. Everybody knows that. Once again, I am running a campaign differently than any other candidate. John. We are relying on small campaign donors. Seven hundred and fifty thousand of them, thirty bucks apiece. Got That's it. who I'm indebted to. Well, John, 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 wait a minute. Pers- wait a minute. Personal privilege. He has basically, right? he has basically his
3: answer to. Impugn my integrity. Let's be no, frank not. here. Oh, wait a minute, Senator.
0: Oh, the cra- the Ooh. crowd's stunned by this uh, this rancor.
3: <laughs> you know, not only do I have hundreds of thousands of donors, most of them small, and I'm very proud that for the first time, a majority of my I believe
0: don- the term is little person. <laughs> Not small person. Hillary. Not in this. We should make, we should make, I should get Shelby to do it. We should do a production piece where Hillary attacks midgets.
3: Donors are women. 60%. Oh, yeah. Okay. That, I'm sorry. I, I
0: kind of stepped, stepped on, on my it. point. That was what I was talking about. That's sort of like the cheap applause thing that she does where she goes, 70% of my donors are women. It's like, that's great. But yeah. that's, she, okay, you're just getting good at She pivoted so well, right there. Absolutely, she's a politician. She's good at it. She knows what's up. Crown loves it. I,
3: I represented New York, and I represented New York on 9/11.
0: Oh,
1: okay. Oh, wait, wait. Wow. What? Time out. How? Why is she pulling a Rubio here? I don't. I, I don't know how you get from women to 9/11 just like that. That's well, she quick. went
0: from I am in the pocket of Wall Street to women like me, and I was there on 9-11. Come on.
1: That's a cheap fucking tactic. Continue playing it.
3: When we were attacked, where were we attacked? We were attacked in downtown Manhattan where Wall Street is. I did spend a whole lot of time and effort helping them rebuild. That was good for New York. It was good for the economy. And it was a way to rebuke the terrorists who had attacked our country. So you know, it's fine for you to say what you're going to say.
0: Wow, that's, see, I mean That's Hillary Clinton. She plays nice most... That's her. Yeah, the teeth came out. Absolutely.
3: But I look very carefully at your proposal, reinstating glass... And not
0: even the teeth came out. It's not even what she's saying. It's the fact that she knows that'll work. You know what I mean? Like, she's shrewd. That's 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 a good... It's a good move. It's a shit move, but it works.
3: ...is a part of what very well could help, but it is nowhere near enough. My proposal is tougher more effective, and more comprehensive because I go after all of Wall Street, not just the big banks. John, hold
5: on. John please. Of- Shut it's up, so O'Malley. Nice
3: O'Malley, don't you get what's
0: happening here? Let them talk. You're not going to be president, sweetheart. You're going to be Hillary's vice president, maybe.
3: Hold on, he was attacked. Told me. Uh,
4: John, hold but on, hold they- on. He was attacked. Glass, so was oh, sad, by the way, John. the idea is that you respond. don't...
0: But it doesn't matter that you were attacked. Like, ugh. This poor
1: R- guy. Wait your turn.
0: Yeah, just be quiet. They're having, they're having a real argument here. Let them do it, you goon. He's
1: such a sucker. This
5: issue touches yeah. on two broad issues. It's not just Wall Street. It's campaign, a corrupt campaign finance system. And it is easy to talk the talk about ending uh, Citizens United. But what I think we need to do is show by example that we are prepared to not rely on large corporations and Wall Street for campaign contributions, and that's what I'm doing. In terms of Wall Street, I respectfully disagree with you, Madam Secretary, in the sense that the issue here is when you have such incredible power and such incredible wealth, when you have Wall Street spending $5 billion over a 10-year period to get get deregulated. The only answer that I know is break them up. All right, reestablish glass. Senator, season. we have to get yeah. Governor O'Malley. Yeah, yep.
0: see, that's he stumbles on the end there. That that was frustrating because he could have yeah. he could have hit her back there and they were going to let them move on, but he had the last word and he kind of stumbled on it. But whatever, he he means what he's saying. Were you going to say so? Oh, no. I thought you were. Uh, Bernie Sanders makes a huge statement to tepid applause. It's a stark indication that Hillary has the support of the base. This feeds into my mindset that this is a center-right country, which we've talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. If the base of the Democratic Party doesn't support Bernie Sanders, it's foolish to think Democrats are synonymous with liberals. It's not true. Granted, this is in Iowa, but still. Also, maybe social issues matter more to the average Democratic voter, which is rough because the culture war waged by the right has now pervaded the left. Do you understand
1: what I'm saying with all that? Somewhat. Somewhat. What don't you understand? How, how, how are they exactly going to war? Well, the culture war yes. in terms
0: of abortion, religious, oh, stuff like okay. that. I'm saying if, if, if the Democrats' main base is really now about mostly gay marriage, um, tra- transgender issues, things like that, they, they are sort of adopting what the Republicans b- tried to wage, the mm-hmm. culture war. They're not going to respond. This is what I'm saying. I'm going to play the clip. If they don't respond to what Bernie Sanders is saying here, uh, to me, it's a pretty big statement that he makes. If they're not going to respond to it in a big way, he's lost. It's over. Right? Like, you know, the, the, because she, to the point, Hillary says, "Women voted for me." Whoa! Huge applause. Mm-hmm. That is good. That's nice. Does it necessarily matter whether majority women are supporting you? No. no. <laughs> it matters what your ideas are and how it's going to benefit women, even if they're not responding to that. But you'll understand in a second when I play the clip. I think it's a big deal what he says.
3: Corruptcy and its failure nearly destroyed us. So I've said if the big banks don't play by the rules, I will break them up. The big and bank- I will also go after executives who are responsible for the decisions that have such bad consequences for our country. <laughs> well, okay.
0: All right. all Remember right. that. Remember that she said she'd go after these people. Mm-hmm. She's not going to go out
5: to this. No, oh, no, in all due respect to the secretary, Wall Street play by the rules. <laughs> Who are we kidding? <laughs> the business model of Wall Street is fraud. That's what it is. And we. we no,
0: six people applaud. Yeah. Yeah.
5: And let me make this promise. One of the problems we have had, I think. The, now,
0: the, he's about to make a promise. Yes. Okay, there's a campaign promise. To me, there's a, a big thing that he says. It's a big moment.
5: All Americans understand this, is whether it's Republican administrations or Democratic administrations. We have seen Wall Street and Goldman Sachs dominate administrations. Here's my promise. Wall Street representatives will not be in my cabinet.
0: I mean, he gets mild applause for that. He's saying, I will not take people from Wall Street and put them in my cabinet. Yes. That's a huge deal. That that, never happens. Nothing. Nothing. That just kind of gets lost in the shuffle. I've never heard him say that before.
1: It it's been lost already,
0: right? I I don't understand that. That is a big thing for him to say, and it just nowhere. And that's in Iowa. That that's a problem. She's got it. I think you mm-hmm. know that's gonna be the, that's gonna be the issue. Good for him. That should be something you pledge. I don't take money from Wall Street. I don't put Wall Street in my cabinet. So you know that policy then will not be coming from Wall Street. It'll be yes. coming from wherever he's going to, you know, whoever he's going to get, but it's not going to be coming from the people. They're not going to be regulating themselves, essentially. They go into a whole section about guns here. I perused it. Hillary goes after Sanders saying he's not tough enough. Sanders has defended himself a number of times about various votes, saying he's from a hunter state. Mm -hmm. I think that's fair. I think it's unfortunate that Hillary can score points on Bernie every debate with this topic. It's important, no doubt, but it's not the most important issue. Hillary is an expert at touching on evening news voters' issues. People who get their news in 15 minutes a day, sound bites, right headlines, dinner. small talk. That's where she gets it, okay? And she's really good at it. Then I wrote, oh, shit, the moderator just snookered Hillary. She tries to crush Sanders again on guns, but wait. about 57 minutes into this thing. Let me cue it up. That was a big one. I hope this, uh, I hope this hits the way I thought it did.
4: Say that uh, Senator Sanders took a vote that, on immunity that you don't like. So if he could be tattooed by a single vote and that ruins all future uh, opinions by him on this issue, Iraq. why then isn't he right when he says your wrong vote on Iraq tattoos you forever I, in your judgment? I said I, whoa, whoa, whoa! Mind blown! Shit!
0: I, I mind that like, blown! That was a good one. Good question. Fair question. Yes. Is she's going to keep hammering. Because I was listening to this fucking gun thing again. And again, we've talked about guns in this country mm-hmm. a lot. We cover it. Yeah, it's an issue. It's not the biggest issue. It's one of the bigger yeah, 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 issues. issues. But she keeps going after him like he's some kind of like gun toting NRA nut. He's not, okay? No. He comes from a state where he recognizes that people do want to hunt. F- fine. So I was getting annoyed. Mm-hmm. And then this shit happens. He hits her with this.
3: I made a mistake. On Iraq. And Senator, I would love to see what? Senator Sanders join with some of my colleagues uh, in the Senate that I uh, see in the audience. Okay. Let's reverse the immunity. Let's put the gunmakers and sellers on notice that they're not going to get away with it.
0: Right. Then I wrote Sanders doesn't do enough with this. He repeats the same shit he always says. I'm actually really disappointed here. Weak moment that could have been nice.
5: Mm-hmm. Let's do more than reverse the immunity. But he, uh, let's was that do a mistake? Uh, let me hear it. If there's any difference between the secretary and myself, I have voted time and again to, for, for the background check, and I want to see it improved and expanded. I want to see us do away with the gun troll loophole. In 1988, I lost an election because i said we should not have assault weapons on the streets of america we have to do away with the straw man proposal we need radical changes in mental health in america so somebody who's suicidal or homicidal can get the emergency care they need said so we have i don't know that there's any disagreement here oh yes we have got come oh, on come forward oh Mally, uh, come on with a yes, consensus is. That, in fact, will work. Senator,
4: a mistake or not your immunity vote? quickly before There were parts of
5: that bill, which I agree with parts. I disagree. I am certainly, absolutely willing to look at that bill again and make sure it's a stronger bill.
4: Not a mistake. (laughs) John, this is
5: another one of those examples.
4: He he just
0: let that one peter out. He should have stayed. He either should have pivoted. That's the problem with the guy. Yeah, but he should have pivoted and been like, That's a fair question about Iraq. You know, say I didn't vote for Iraq. That is bad judgment. But like, I'll let her off the hook if she'll, you know, like he could have turned it a different way. He chose to go. I don't know. I just didn't think he did enough with that. How many clips do you think I got left, Joey? Three. That's right. Meanwhile, an hour in, O'Malley and Sanders, I think, speak to each other for the first time. (laughs) Sanders then says because he comes from a state with very little gun control, he's poised to deal with people who don't want gun safety measures, which could be true. Mm Mm-hmm. Twitter user asks a legitimate question that they actually use here, which is amazing. Hillary has the crowd in her back pocket in Iowa. She's going to win this thing.
3: What we're lacking is political leadership, yes. and that's what you and others can start providing in the yes. Senate.
4: I agree. Sorry, I'm going to bring in Nancy Cordes with a question from Twitter about this exchange. Uh,
3: about guns, but also about your conversation on campaign finance. And Secretary Clinton, one of the tweets we saw uh, said this, I've never seen a candidate invoke 9-11 to justify millions of Wall Street donations until now. The idea being that, yes, you were a champion of the community after 9-11, but what does that have to do with taking big donations?
0: Whoa, good wow, good question. Great. She doesn't really answer it, but great. great. Yeah. I'm glad they brought that up.
3: Well, I'm sorry that whoever tweeted that uh, had that impression because
0: I uh, because that was the impression I was trying to make. But now I'm going to pretend it wasn't. Yeah. Like, oh, you Hillary, you fuck.
3: Worked closely with New Yorkers after 9/11 for my entire first term to rebuild. And so, yes, I did know people. I've had a lot of folks who give me what. Donations.
0: Nobody was asking you whether you knew people after 9/11. They're, they were saying, How, "What did that have to do with anything?" Yes. Yeah, she just pretends like she, she didn't hear she, that. Part. She's good. right? Well, she just did. I, I, that's how I interpreted the question. What are they going to get me another tweet? They're not.
3: Nations from all kinds of backgrounds say, "I don't agree with you on everything, but I like what you do. I like how you stand up. I'm going to support you, and I think that is absolutely." Appropriate.
1: And not one time did she mention anything about Bank of Wall Street. No, and, and the crowd, the well the crowd done.
0: just applauded that. Like, yes.
1: that wasn't the fucking answer. That was you know exactly what that guy was asking.
0: All right, or whatever. If it was a woman, I, I don't remember. Okay, two clips left. Sanders is asked about his... She's got this thing locked up, Joey. You it's, think so? Yes. Sanders has asked about his free public college tuition plans. He says that states with budget deficits expected to pay for one-third of the $70 billion plan will, quote, figure it out or face fines. We don't even have to play that clip. That's okay. how it went down. That's not going to play well. No. And, and I'd rather he be more specific about that. He's going to find... This, so they don't have the money. They have budget deficits. They have to pay X amount.
1: So where would they get the money for the funds? Yeah, fines? so how are they yeah. going to pay?
0: Exactly. Sanders says that real health care reform won't happen until we have campaign finance reform. I love that he keeps bringing that up, and it's extremely true. We talk about it all the time. Yeah. Stamp Stampede, all that stuff. You're not going to get anything done until you fix how you're getting people elected. Period. That's what he's trying to put out. Final clip. Hillary responds to Bernie's plan, scores points with the crowd, and against Sanders and then the rest of it I just felt like not not a ton going on with this debate again it's it's only three people it's a lot of the same shit there's only so much you can hear them yeah. talk about all right Hillary responds to Bernie scores points then we're done
3: get an even repealing it I have looked at I've looked at the legislation that Senator Sanders has proposed and basically he does eliminate the Affordable Care Act, eliminates private insurance, eliminates Medicare, eliminates Medicaid, Tricare, Children's Health Insurance Program. Puts it all together in a big program, which he then hands over to the states to administer. And I have to tell you, I would not want, if I lived in Iowa, Terry Branstad administering my health care. Uh,
0: so she's good, man. She's a uh, politician. Yeah.
3: we ought to proudly support the Affordable Care Act, improve it, and make it the model that we know right. it can be.
0: Well, All right. So there it goes. That, whatever. There, there was closing statements. There's nothing else really going on there. Thoughts on that debate, Joey?
1: Having not, you, this is all you've seen of it. Yeah. Pretty lackluster, if you ask me.
0: Yeah, lackluster. I mean, who do you think... You, you know, she held serve pretty much, right?
1: Hillary, you know, is, looks like she was crowned champion, but we still have a little hope for Bernie. Yeah, well, I mean, I like what Bernie Sanders is saying in a lot of cases. Again, But I mean, it she's not be getting the, the needed reaction. Right. But two, you see, the only thing is I don't know how much— uh, I was a caucus, right? The Iowa caucuses. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how much of the caucus was there at the uh, debate. Sure, but you so, know, you, you like how you play to one room doesn't necessarily mean that he that that people present there are the ones who are going to be voting for sure. the candidate.
0: Yeah, but I, but you know, it's like you're just taking the temperature. You you never yes. know. It's the same thing with polls, and you know, we'll see. But to me, I don't know. It seemed like a lot of what she was saying was playing, and a lot of what he was saying plays well. But you know, they they yeah. weren't going crazy for everything that that he said um all right listen everybody thank you very much for uh sticking around for this episode a little bit longer but that's because we're not going to be doing an episode next week Uh, it's thanksgiving i hope you all enjoy it we um we thank evan for being here to produce the show thank you okay he said what up uh, as a goodbye but okay i tried to think of like the opposite of it yeah i didn't have all right no (laughs) what what, down what down that's that's exactly what i was gonna say good job um Samsonites, soundcloud.com slash mandatory samson, youtube.com slash mandatory samson. You can watch the uh, episode stream live every Thursday at four o'clock. You can also check out the full episode videos that I put up there. Twitter, I'm at man Joey is at Joey from Jersey. Jersey is spelled with a Z. You can also email us, mandatory samson at gmail.com. Snapchat, I'm at man Joey, I think, is also Enjoy at Joey from from Jersey. From Jersey. Um, that's about it. Thank you very much for listening. We, we love you guys. We appreciate all the support. We will talk to you on December 4th. It's the Jigga man's birthday has nothing to do with anything, but, uh, we will talk to you then. So until then have a great, whatever. No, wait. No, I can't that. Have like, a good that. week. Have a good... What a... Oh, my God. I just completely... I, I, I screwed you up the it. landing. Yeah, I botched the landing. Joey, why don't you say goodbye to the Samsonites and the Nobodies, and then we'll move on. Everyone have a good week.